Tyler. Free. Free. Dennering. I'm Connery. The cat throws me my hat, Hanson. <laughs> and I'm Cameron. There's nothing quite like the cherry pie baked by my Aunt Daisy. Together. <laughs> I like that your guys' scene is connected. <laughs> I like don't remember the cherry pie quote. Well, it's the woman it's... just the nurse just rambling at him. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. that's when he says okay, okay. free. <laughs> okay. She's just like, my aunt makes the best cherry pie. It's, it's totally true. No one, you know, some people say that their aunt makes the best cherry pie, but it's really Mine true. Mine does. Me. It's funny. How... She works. They call her a creepy mystery lady now. She's She lives in a back house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> She's now a famous mystery writer. Yeah. Right. Wow. I, I guess I, I, that's like. A one-second separation between something that I think is the central theme and like an ex- an obscure quote, <laughs> and it's right next uh, to each other. They sample it in the ending song. They do. Oh, I missed it. Is it like uh, the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles song? Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> You're messing with the wrong guy. It, yeah, it also plays like almost all the dialogue from the second Renaissance like a Zion archive person, but it's in a yeah, different they... computer voice for some reason. <laughs> yeah, like a much more like Android computer voice. And then they sing Grand Torino, but like as a robot. <laughs> yeah, but it's George Yeah. It's just a robot singing Grand Torino. It's like the end of Portal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh this is the franchise, a podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Sometimes we cover early two thousands sci fi era defining trilogies with 20 year later sequels and sometimes sometimes we're the dancing queens sometimes sometimes we're the dancing queens uh what's one other song from mama mia sometimes we're uh sometimes our mama doesn't know that we're out looking through the window <laughs> that's your <laughs> the wrong lyrics <laughs> and other times we're go back to covering that same uh franchise not mama mia but the other one <laughs> the first one. like a month or so, or so later to cover the animatrix with camera Daketa because um i don't know i always intended to cover this as like a bonus and i'm just like hey might as well i, I want more matrix in my life and uh i had yeah. to keep delaying it and camera's just like oh i really want to cover this i've been watching this for <laughs> 20 years or whatever um yeah it's true so and, and finally an opportunity to talk about some cartoons i love yeah. cartoons i know we don't do enough <laughs> animated stuff on here it's um, true. So let's get to Toy Story. Do, 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 do. You've got a franchise in me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're covering the Animatrix today. <laughs> yeah. There's no plastic sharks in this, but there's plenty of other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Separated a by many different shorts. It's a, it's a, for anybody that hasn't seen this, it's a collection of commissioned shorts produced by the wachowskis uh all in anime of different varieties different styles different uh creators and uh yeah i don't know it's good (laughs) they're fun yeah it's it's really good um i really really like the animatrix it's really just one of my favorite movies but at all and it i kind of also saw it just when i was young and formative and uh it, it made me sad about humanity and, and really scared of being ripped out of uh, and, and having all my limbs ripped off. It made me freaked out about that. <laughs> and now Cameron has a master's degree in philosophy because of this movie. And yeah, that, ni- that's what it does. And nightmares of your limbs getting ripped off, I guess. 
I had those nightmares for like six years. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> While Mama Mia is playing in no. the background. <laughs> Does your mother know that you're out? Ah! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> before we get to the movie proper, we have to do our usual segment of what's new? <laughs> this is just our segment where we talk about any movies, music, TV shows, any media, uh, comic books, graphic novels, anime, cartoons, uh, the back of a soup label, uh, anything new that we've been consuming. Uh, Connery, what's new with well, you? I read the back of a Campbell's soup can, and it was pretty exciting. <laughs> Lots of sodium, though. Sometimes I, Yeah, too much. Sometimes I do read, like, when it's like a custom... When it's not like a big chain of chips, it's like, oh, like Uncle Orwell's like <laughs> homogenized healthy chips. And it's just like this. I like that Orwell Redenbacher is breaking into like soups. <laughs> George Orwell. Popcorn guy. Yeah, George Orwell's Animal Farm chips. <laughs> Animal crackers. George Orwell Redenbacher. Not to be confused with Evil Redenbacher, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Cameron came up with. Um, Connery, what's new with you besides Campbell's Soup Labels? Um, I have been reading a lot of uh, Demon Slayer and One Piece lately. Oh. You're in the <laughs> prime, like, Shonen Jump, <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm Manga. in, like, their main lineup right now. I know it's pretty mainstream, but... Oh, how I've... dare you? Yeah, right? <laughs> But, you know, One Piece is fun, and then after a little while, I kind of fell off of it, because, you know, I feel like taking breaks there is good, because it's apparently like a hundred and something volumes long, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Demon Slayer is really fun. I, I kind of breezed, like, blasted through that one. I'm on, like, a third to last volume, I think, of that, and that one's been really fun. To, that's been a fun read. How would you how would you describe each of those? Because like I know what One Piece is, and I've seen like a couple episodes of the anime, but I would yeah. like to hear how somebody explains that show. <laughs> <laughs> sure, One Piece is about a boy who wants to be the pirate king, and he ate this magic fruit that gives him stretchy powers. But the catch <laughs> is, because he ate this magic fruit, he can't he physically can't swim. Like he will sink to the bottom of the ocean if he falls in water. So he has a um, what's it called a uh, unbreakable style weakness to water. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Um, yes, that was that was a pretty succinct description of that show. That's more than I actually yeah. knew. <laughs> and yeah, he gets a lot of friends along the way. Um, a lot of them are dumb. A lot of them, but you know, there there are some cool ones like uh, the guy who uses three swords and holds one in his mouth. That guy's pretty tight. Zoro. Zoro. Thank you. I forget his name. <laughs> But yeah, he's cool. Um, the Navigator Girl's cool, too. I don't like uh, Usopp. I think he's really annoying. He's annoying, and even his character design is super annoying. It really is. I, oh, <laughs> I like the chef guy, too. The chef's cool as well. So yeah, that's pretty much the plot of One Piece, and they're just all on a quest to... They all have kind of different goals. Like, the Navigator Girl wants to navigate like the whole like red line kind of thing, and then the chef guy wants to get to the deep blue, where like every kind of fish in the world is so he can become the world's best chef cool. and then uh yeah it's, he's pretty tight he's really cool then Zoro wants to like be the best swordsman of course very anime but like you know he's got to fight all these people like seemingly insurmountable so it's gonna be cool to watch his like power creep happen that's a uh, one piece and then demon slayer is about a a boy whose family gets murdered by a demon lord his sister gets turned into a demon but she's nice i guess because she loves her brother so much 
and they team up, join the demon corpse, and they just uh, take out demons. That's kind of like the whole story. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Like, I really want to get to read Jujutsu Kaisen after Demon Slayer because I keep hearing really good things about that. What's that? What What is that? Is there just another, like, it's know. another kind of demon hunt you want, yeah. except the guy is literally possessed by, like, the main antagonist of the whole series. So, like, he has to, like, tap into his power sometimes, but every time he taps into his power, he literally becomes evil and, like, hurts his friends or something. Yeah. Uh, and he has to eat, like, demon fingers to get stronger. So, you know, it's fun. <laughs> did you watch Dororo? I have not, but, like, I've seen, uh, like, the manga looks cool, and then, like, the art of, like, the new anime actually for it looked really tight, too. Is it good? Yeah, well, the manga's fantastic. I really like it. Also, the old anime series I really like, but yeah, kind of biased toward all this old stuff. The new one's good, too, and I think, uh, you know, if you like Demon Slayer and stuff where people are hunting demons, it's all about hunting demons, and nice. the guy has swords for arms. <laughs> it's uh, cool. So that's good. <laughs> and there's a big lizard monster guy, too, right? There's a, a lot of crazy demons there's a bunch of people's families being killed by demons a lot of bummer stuff and, and yeah. the comic manages to be even more of a bummer but it, the comic ends abruptly which is uh it's a bummer kind of disappointing yeah yeah well that's all with me tyler what's new with you this wasn't recent but i haven't shared on the show but i did watch snowpiercer again nice. i don't think i talked did i talk about this on the show <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's a TV show now that's like adapted from it, but it's a film directed by uh, Bong Joon-ho from like 2013, um, starring Chris Evans and Octavia Spencer and uh, Ed Harris and a bunch of cool right, people. Ed Harris is the bad guy. Spoilers. Ed Harris might be the good guy. <laughs> no, he's pretty clearly the bad guy. It's, like, it's all like... Know, it's, it's pretty obvious he's pretty bad. He'll set up as like a dystopian um, future where basically the the uh, polar ice caps... Well, no, they didn't melt. Everything got too cold because humanity was trying to stop global warming and they accidentally froze everything over with like this airborne device. <laughs> cooling. Yeah, this airborne device that they shot into the air. It accidentally just froze everything. So... Everyone lives on this train, and it's all, like, separated by a class and everything. So it's all, like, a big, uh, what's the term? Like, it's it's just about society, man, and capitalism Ooh. and uh, <laughs> class disparity. Uh, and Chris Evans is the like main. That. Class warfare. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much is class warfare. Yeah. It's all it's all based on this, like, French uh, graphic novel as well, which is, I think, also called oh. Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Bong Joon-ho, you know, director of Parasite and, like, The Host and a bunch of other cool movies. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Chris Evans is, like, the leader of, like, the poor people, like, the rebels in the back or whatever that, like, they've been, tr- they've tried to overthrow the train um, several times in the past, like, through generations. And at this point, like, they finally decide to, like, actually go for it because they realize at this point that the guards probably don't have bullets anymore because of mm-hmm. all the revolutions that have happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it just goes from there but i highly recommend snowpiercer it's incredibly bleak um <laughs> and dark but also a great action movie and i don't know it's worth seeing for sure do you know if they have the comic in english they probably I guarantee they do i think i even saw it in my okay. comic book store okay cool because I, I do really like french comics and uh they just don't always have enough of them in english <laughs> yeah I don't know how much the, the movie changes from the graphic novel, but as far as I know, I think it's pretty close. It's basically like a descent into hell. Nice. 
Yes, an ascent into hell. The train sent. The train hell. Transcendence with Johnny Depp. <laughs> he jacks himself into a train instead of a yeah. bunch of computers. Yeah, he becomes Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Johnny Depp's face at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I am in control now. Snowpiercer, um, I don't think is streaming anywhere right now, but you can rent it. <laughs> or it usually pops up on places. When I did watch it, it was on Hulu. Yeah, that's what's new with me. Cameron, what's new with you? What's new with me? Always reading books. Lots of books. I already told you that I was reading all these high school books. Uh, but I don't need to talk about a bunch of high school books. <laughs> Tell us Besides about that. that I... mean, what does high school books mean? <laughs> to Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, you know, those ones like To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, the Giver. The... Yeah, The Giver. I did actually reread The Giver, but that was like a few months ago. Mm. But yeah, for all, all the students that I work with, it's like, gotta get, gotta know all the high school books, all the books that they might be assigned in high school, so that I can <laughs> just sound really smart, like I know yes. them all. Um, so, you know, I read To Kill a Mockingbird. I like that. I mean, really, most of them, I'm coming to find that I like them a lot more uh, reading them now than I did yeah, come on, reading them in high school. Yeah. Um, I, I did watch the movie again, too, and I really like the movie. Uh but uh, I also read Animal Farm, read 1984. Ooh. I read Brown Girl Dreaming. Uh, I read Slaughterhouse Five for the first time, which took me like way too long because it's really short. I, I, I like, <laughs> you know, it it was kind of slow for the first like two thirds, and then the last third, I was like, I, I actually liked it by the end. Yeah. But it was one of those I'd read. Well, Tyler gave me Hocus Pocus like in, when I was in college and then I read it like three years ago and I really really liked that so I was like I'll finally read Slaughterhouse Five the Vonnegut book that everyone knows <laughs> and then I was like yeah this guy he's just whatever <laughs> but then after I finished that and I liked it I had picked up Sirens of Titan um, from like a used bookstore also a long time ago but never read because I'm like I'm going to read Slaughterhouse Five first mm-hmm. and then uh, I read I read Sirens of Titan like the, over the next two days, and I really liked that book a lot. And I was just like, "Wow, this book seems like it influenced a lot of things." It's like Hitchhiker's Guide just seems like a copy of this book, but way longer. And then I looked it up, and Douglas Adams was like, "Sirens of Titan was like the biggest influence on Hitchhiker's Guide." <laughs> and I was just like, no, "Why did nobody tell me about Sirens of Titan? It it, it was really a funny, uh, clever book about." having having no free will and just how everyone is a pawn they do all these really strange things that they'd make a guy into there's this guy who's like really really rich and i'll just spoil the whole book but he's really rich and uh he lucked into everything but this guy who's who's like stretched throughout time is like oh i'm gonna see you on titan in a bunch of years and you're gonna be married to my wife and you're gonna have this kid and you're gonna give this thing and he's like and i'm and i'm being manipulated too so whatever you know do whatever you want the guy like spends <laughs> all his money he's like there's nothing that's gonna make me do that but of course like there's he has like this financial crash and uh he gets kidnapped by these martians <laughs> who are really just other people who've been part of this whole thing to invade earth from mars but it's a failed thing and they like wipe his brain like 80 times so he's just like crazy he strangles his best friend oh god uh, but he keeps reading this note that tells him about his memories then while on earth the guy who stretches out time creates a 
a religion that's just about hating that guy. <laughs> that that's really it. It's just like everyone hate Malachi Constant. He is the guy who lucks into everything. The world is shouldn't be about luck. It should be about hard work and and stuff like that. It's like everyone should be equal. Um, so they all burn effigies of this guy, and then he comes back, but he doesn't know who he is. And then at the end, he's well, not even at the end. In the middle, he's just like. Yeah, and that guy is you, now that you're here. Uh, everyone hates you. And he's just like, oh, okay. And you strangled your best friend. And then he's like, now, go to Titan. And he just sends him on a rocket ship to Titan. And it turns out that everything is just to get a piece of a rocket ship to these to this guy who's trying to fix his rocket ship. But the people who he works for like went back in time to change all of Earth's past. To make it just so the guy would deliver this one piece of a rocket ship. It's kind of wow. like in uh, like in Hitchhiker's Guide where it's like the Earth was just made just to like solve a problem. <laughs> but it's just like everything is pointless and the guy's just like, eh, everything's pointless. But it, it was, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I do, Yeah, I really like stories where it seems like something's really important and then by the end it's like, oh no, your whole life was kind of meaningless and you're <laughs> just supposed to like get this wrench or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was that was it. It was just like this tiny piece of metal that's just like, oh, yeah, that fits. Oh, you fixed it up. There's also a sad robot in it, which I like, too. He's like, I just want to have a friend, and I finally found a friend. And the guy's like, I hate you. You can't even call me by my own name. And the guy's just like, fine. And he just kills himself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. This is bleak as hell. <laughs> Someone puts him back together, and he's just like, yeah, but I didn't even know if I wanted to get back together. So I just... I just laid there. You fixed me up just fine like 20 years ago. Uh, and then the guy uh, freezes to death waiting for a bus in Indiana. Because oh <laughs> the bus is like two hours late. So spoilers, the guy dies at the end by waiting for a bus in Indiana. Yeah, something like a Vonnegut book, though, I feel like rarely is like, like you can tell a bunch of spoilers and it, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you just have to read it. Like, it's just yeah. like. I don't know. There's something really enjoyable about the way he writes. It's like very easy on the eyes, but he's tackling a lot of like pretty out there concepts and like something yeah. that would otherwise it, be hard to describe. And it's funny because, yeah, when you describe it, it does sound like all sad, but it's like the thing of him dying and waiting for a bus in Indiana just turns out to be more like funny than it is <laughs> sad. Him strangling his friend is pretty sad, but the thing about him like constantly getting his memory wiped and reading this note that just tells him about it and his, his name is they call him unk at that point because he's just like a soldier that's too old so they're like you get a name like unk or gramps if you're in, in the <laughs> army but you're a little too old and so they all call him unk <laughs> yeah but then everyone is actually just really dumb i'll have to borrow that from you because yeah like with slaughterhouse five i haven't read that i think since like college or something and Maybe high school, but yeah, it just feels like that's like the book to start with for Vonnegut or something. It's kind of like his, like a lot of the themes he's interested in. There's like the Chefalmadorians yeah. in the yeah. interdimensional traveling, and but it also has to do with like his own history with World War Two and like Dresden, like the Dresden firebombing and stuff. So yeah. it's like doesn't feel well. It not that it needs to be fun and funny, but like it's more serious in a lot of ways, I guess, and. Yeah, I think the back of my Slaughterhouse Five book says it's a comedy book that you can't laugh at, and it's a tragedy that you won't cry. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that was that's right. And uh, Sirens of Titan actually he wrote like a while before, but it does contain like a lot of the same 
types of themes, but not quite as heavy as Slaughterhouse Five. I guess, um, but there are Tralfamadorians still. <laughs> nice. I guess that's why it's like a high school book or whatever. Like where it's just like this is the one to read. To I don't know. Yeah. This is what you can do with literature. Wow. For that concept, I love Catch Twenty Two more, and I've been meaning to reread that, but uh, it's it's very long. <laughs> so I so I try to put it off. I just keep reading a lot of short short books. Are you going to read Catch-22 so when your students are like, oh, I wanted to do this, but I also had to do this at the same time, and you're like, looks like you're in a bit of a Catch-22. Catch-22. Eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise. I don't know what that reference means. (laughs) And they would be like, I read the beginning. That's not what that means. And I'd be like... That's not what that means. (laughs) They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get past the beginning, you'd understand. It is what it means. (laughs) He circles back. Actually, I am hoping to go over a couple of those. <laughs> Check out Sirens of Titan at your local used bookstore. I feel like yeah. your guys' is like high school reading list is a little more nuanced than mine. Well, then you probably had to read the Bible way more. <laughs> like I, I read the Bible probably cover to cover 90 times, and then Sunday service, Wednesday service, Jesus. Yeah. so <laughs> Literally, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Jesus. <laughs> yep. Sunday, Jesus. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's him. <laughs> I, I do occasionally also tutor students in their, their Bible classes, too, so I do end up reading from the Bible as well. There you uh, go. Just just to help them. And, well, I, I mean, I do have a, have a Bible to read from. We do. We <laughs> did spend a lot of time on Great Gatsby, I recall. Yeah, Great Gatsby. Yeah, I like that. And it's also short. It is very <laughs> short. I like that book a lot, too. We did Frankenstein as well. Frankenstein was a fun read. I also reread that. <laughs> I, I like Frankenstein as well. Yeah, and Dracula. Uh, we really did a good. lot of those. And I was the only one who ever volunteered to read in class. <laughs> nice. I never I never did that. I was always like the person who never, ever, ever, ever wanted to read. I was always really scared. Well, that it took forever. Like, you're like, who wants to read? Then it's just dead silence for like three minutes. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. Jesus. <laughs> I guess we should talk about the movie now, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just, for what's new, I'm just gonna other things. I'm gonna put a bunch of just uh, all the books that you listed, Cameron. For what's new, <laughs> it's okay. I'll keep bringing up other things later because, uh, well, actually, I do want to say one more thing. Yeah. Was that because sure. I didn't get to talk about this last month when you talked to me about Uh-oh. doing this? Was that uh, I played Hades and I freaking loved Hades. Oh, I know yeah. I'm like way late into those things, but Hades was like a game that was. For me, pretty much perfect. Oh, it's the bomb. Uh, I play. I played like uh, over a hundred hours of it, even though it was beaten <laughs> in way less than that. I uh, usually don't want to play games for that long, especially now. Uh, but it was the kind of thing that I was like, as soon as I end work, I'm going to play Hades. I can't wait to play some Hades after work, <laughs> and before work, I'll play Hades. Um, maybe in my thirty minute break, I could play Hades it's for Hades. like thirty minutes. Uh, and, and Holly was really annoyed because I just kept she. Kept hearing me across the room say, "Honey, you mean Huncules?" Every time anyone talks, <laughs> because every god is so hunky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had to mention Hades because I, I really, really liked Hades. Oh, it's exceptional! It's like one of the best roguelites I've ever played. That's yeah. And when when they said they won that that sci-fi award, I was just like, "Really? It won some sort of sci-fi award for like being a game." The writing must be really good, I guess. It, and and I it is. It. I was like, it is, and the voice acting's really good, and, and mm-hmm. it's fun to play, and it's not too hard, and you can yeah, make it harder, notch. but you can actually feel like you get better at the game. 
and and everything is cool and it's and the runs are quick too you, you know you don't mm-hmm. have to spend like hours and hours playing just sure, it's not like a, did you ever play returnal because that game takes forever to play Mm-mm. but even playing binding of isaac sometimes for a run and I'm, it's like a slow run at the beginning i'm like Oh, if only they could just speed up the beginning. And Hades is just like, let's speed up the beginning. And it's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, so good. A great game. And uh, Hades and Disco Elysium are both games that I hear really good things about. And I'm just oh, yeah. waiting for them to go on sale. And then I'll get them. Cause... I know. I, s- I sent that in for the, the 100th episode. That Thanks for recommending Disco Elysium. I didn't beat it yet, but I did play for like 15 hours and was like, I like this game a lot too. Yeah, I like being really a communist great. and a sorry cop. <laughs> yeah, sorry cop. They're like, you are the sorriest cop. You can't help but say sorry <laughs> constantly. You're apologizing for everything. You would say sorry to a dust particle that got put off to the side when you stepped by. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you are stuck with racist ideology. You've idealized racist ideology just to try and understand one person. And now you're stuck with it. You have become a racist. <laughs> Jeez. That made me reset the game. Like, I'm not being a racist. <laughs> well, that's why. also why it took so long. It's like, I'm like, oh, but what if I was this, but I was a tough guy in this scenario? And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's way different. It, everything is way different. This is cool. Yeah. And then I just made like three openings, played that for like a whole bunch of time and never got really far with anyone. <laughs> It's a great game. I think Lily would really like it, Tyler. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. She's almost yeah. done with Bioshock Infinite. I think she basically whenever <laughs> whenever I record the podcast now, she is playing Bioshock Infinite at the same time. <laughs> She's addicted. She's addicted to quantum. good storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> quantum quantum Comstocks. Yeah. Speaking of uh uh quantum Quantum? Uh Quantum of Solace. Uh, what's the transition here? Speaking of science fiction. Yes. Let's, uh, in our anime recommendations earlier, let's talk about the Animatrix. Woo. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it in order from the beginning to the end? Or um, uh, how do you want to talk about it? I, I don't know if I really want to go into detail on every single short, but we could just basically talk about the ones that stand out the most to us, the ones that we per- personally like the most. Mm. Um. But yeah, I guess we could just every single one. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) We could just kind of roundtable it a bit. I think just to change it up and like not do it in order. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, But maybe Connery, I'll start with you. Is there one that particularly stands out for you? You said go out of order, but my immediate one of my immediate favorites was like the Tory Gate like fight with the two samurai people. Mm, Yes, program. That's what it's called, program. Yes, program. By the guy who did Ninja Scroll, because mm, that one was really cool, and I like the whole like ending scenario with it, them being like, "Oh no!" Like the whole thing is just a, it's just a test. Like you don't even, she didn't even have a relationship with this person. It was just all fake. And I was, oh, yeah, I was I like, "Shit, that, that's a it's, mind, that's a mind melt right there." <laughs> it's like uh, the guy who was outside of it. It's not supposed to be the same guy who's in in it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I think so. It's a different guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because at first I I used to think it was supposed to be the same guy, but over time I was like, wait, is it actually supposed to be a different guy? Because they don't make it exactly that clear, but... Yeah, but I think it is a different person. Like, he doesn't exist. Yeah. Which I like a little better. Yeah, and that one, um, like, looks super good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, see Ninja Scroll? 
I actually never seen Ninja Scroll. See Ninja Scroll. <laughs> see Ninja Scroll. Gotcha. I'll put that on the list. What is Ninja Scroll? Guessing it's an anime. <laughs> yeah, it's an anime movie. Um, you don't have to watch the series. You can watch the movie, uh, which is directed by the same guy who did that, animated by the same group, Madhouse. Um, it it looks really, really similar. It's just basically a bunch of ninja fights. That's all you really need to know. It's a bunch of ninja right. fights. There's some scenes that look almost exactly the same from this and that. But it, it's not animated as well because it was made in the 90s and doesn't use computer animation or anything. So it doesn't use all these cool techniques that they use in this one. But um, uh, when when they were made when they were making this one program, the guys the guy was just like, "I'm gonna make something like Ninja Scroll, but with a bigger budget." And also the Wachowskis <laughs> were like, "Ninja Scroll is one of our favorite animes. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this." So, like, <laughs> yeah, so check out Ninja Scroll. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled it up on Wikipedia, and it just says that it was a big influence on the Wachowskis for the Matrix franchise, <laughs> the Ninja yeah. Scroll movie. So I'm like, well, there you go. That makes complete yeah, sense. Did. And it, it's just, it's just like a cool movie. It's, not, it's. Uh, you know, I heard you talk about Fist of the North Star. Yeah, I was gonna say, if uh, I like Fist of the North Star, would I like Ninja Scroll? Yeah, because it's also just about like uh, a badass warrior who just like fights people. It just is like goes from sort of ninja fight to ninja fight with like how's he you know showing off certain ninja powers. It's kind of like a shonen anime, except every character doesn't talk about uh, their how dedication and, and how. Yeah, right. They just come in. They've got a power. They they fight. One of them dies. Great. The enemy. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the. Uh, I like the detective one a lot. I thought that one was really fun, and I like that the cat yeah. throws the guy's hat when he's leaving his house. Yeah. <laughs> that Poor cat really though. Stood out to me for some reason that like the cat's like meow, and he's like, "Thanks, cat." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't. How do we tackle this? Because it's like we could probably go into so much detail with every single one. And uh, uh, Cameron, I think you know everything yeah, about all of them. You, yeah, if you just want um, me to just keep going. And actually, that was directed by so and so. And yeah, well, because of course that one was directed by Watanabe, who did Cowboy Bebop and Sandwich Oh. And he also did Kid Story in the same one. Nice. I guess let's just take a step back real quick. I'm realizing, <laughs> but just like our pers- do we have any personal history with this series, this anthology film in general? I know, uh, Cameron, you do. So let's just. I'll just say. Yeah. Start with you. I'll say me real quick. <laughs> it's just that I remember you telling me about it all the time, <laughs> and then I think I may have watched it at your house one time, and I remember I seeing so. it at Best Buy one time when they well they still sell movies there, but I just remember. Like in like 2005 at Best Buy, I'm like, oh, I should get this. Like, especially at the time, I guess I was like a preteen or like an early teen. I'm like, this movie even more so like than the Matrix movies felt more accessible and ex- in exploring a bunch of different like sci-fi themes. Um, I guess mm-hmm. because it was partly as animated, and I feel like you and me both, Cameron, were like very into animated things as kids, yeah. more so than like live action stuff. But sorry, I won't. I won't speak for you anymore. What's What's your personal experience? Oh, I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, I'm still kind of more connected to cartoons and stuff altogether. Uh, But uh, this was one that I'd seen. I'd seen The Matrix. I don't think I had seen the second Matrix by the time I rented this. uh, Because I don't think I saw that one in theaters. Because I feel like my parents wouldn't have taken me there. But, um, like, I'd seen the first Matrix at some point and really like that and then i saw this animatrix i'm like oh i love cartoons and everything and because 
my parents were usually pretty strict about what they let me watch, but if it was a cartoon, they were mostly along the lines of they don't really know what it's like. Um, and this one, The Matrix is rated R. This is rated PG-13, so, you know, it seemed like not nearly as rough, but it was way more rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I rented it and I watched it and I was like, this is so cool, but also I, I'm scarred. I'm uh, in so much I was, trouble. <laughs> I was 10 and was just like... That, well, yeah, I mean, for being in trouble was like the final flight of the Osiris. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're like getting naked. And oh, yeah, <laughs> there's like a bunch of gratuitous butt shots and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like and, during that scene when she peeks, we get no look at his ass. <laughs> yeah. And on the DVD, that's the first one that shows up. And uh, I also was like at the time, like the graphics on this, it looks like it's real people, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, now when I look at it, I'm like, well, yeah, it looks like a low-grade PS3 thing. Uh, <laughs> if it had been an opening to the Matrix video game like it actually is, then it would have been really cool. Yeah, because basically it's a <laughs> prologue to the Matrix, I guess. Yeah, it is. The video <laughs> and, game. And that's the game you and I used to play <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> I brought it up a couple times on the podcast, too, just because I think it's actually a really fun... I don't know about good, but it's like a really fun game. I think it's pretty well done, though, too, because it was like around the time... When like the Peter Jackson games are coming out and stuff, so the Wachowskis mm-hmm. yeah. put a lot of their own effort into it, and then there's just a lot of funny bugs, like constantly trying to shoot yeah. an agent as they're climbing up like a plane. Yeah, and they keep falling down <laughs> and being all wiggy. <laughs> yeah, and if you shut the rocket launcher at them too, they just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you hit them in point blank range, but it's as if they're dodging it. Yeah. You shoot them in the feet, and they're going. <laughs> their heads moving, and you know can't shoot them in the feet and the head. But yeah, I mean, that's what is the opening. It's the opening to Enter the Matrix, which is the opening to uh, the Matrix Two, and <laughs> it's uh, the prologue to the prologue. This, yeah, of the sequel. <laughs> it, it's that's why the Matrix is the real like. It's the Kingdom Hearts of of movies, where you have to like pl- you have to play the game. You have to you have to watch the Animatrix, and then you can know the full story. And you gotta yeah, play yeah. the three DS games that basically yeah. tell the same story with two different scenes, though. <laughs> you gotta do the one half remix double time. You gotta do three hundred sixty-five uh, <laughs> over two. Three claps this yeah. time. Burp, burp. <laughs> <laughs> with this, and at the time, I had also seen probably similarly around that time, I had seen the Metropolis anime and probably AI artificial intelligence, and together it made me. Um, feel great sympathy for robots and, and you mean the flesh and, fair had and, an effect and, on you yeah <laughs> yeah and then and antipathy for humanity so i was always crying at robots stuff and and then when when humans died and things i was just like eh, turning me into good. Like a serial killer i guess <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's like good <laughs> now it explains my love for pluto and astro boy and all those other things yeah um still i'm like a sad robot I used to not care about robots, and you guys made me care about robots. I'll say that. I care now. Yeah, I guess all of my robot empathy probably <laughs> probably comes from Cameron and all the manga. He's like, here, you got to read this. You got to read this. Yeah, it rubbed off on me eventually. I was like, it's a robot. Who cares? I'm like, oh, it, it does matter, actually. <laughs> it's a sentient being. Now when you watch the Will Smith vehicle, iRobot, <laughs> you're just weeping the entire time. I'm I'm weeping. I'm saying stop being so mean to him, Will Smith. He's just like you. He's your partner. He said he did not murder her. He didn't. Do I did it. not murder her. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's a movie I like definitely don't want to see again and like go back. It's like there's, Why? So, there's so many movies that I'm like curious. I'm like, I should go. Like I just watched Alien versus Predator again the other day, and I'm just like, yeah, this is still pretty bad. Like, why did I watch? I Robot was one of my mom's favorite movies for the longest <laughs> time. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably all, all respect to her. I I don't think I'll like it watching it again. <laughs> I, I I completely agree. Like it's. Probably pretty trash has that, going back. That weird, like, two, mid 2000s CG that, like, they the robot looks like they're <laughs> oh, an yeah. Apple computer or something. And it's like, I, <laughs> I was gonna say, it looks like he's made of, like, gel. Yeah, yeah jelly. They're always all jelly. Yeah. Like, they look which, wet all the time. Which, quickly back to the Animatrix is, like, what's nice about a lot of the CG in, in the Animatrix is that they don't look all like they're full of jelly. Yes. And mm, yes. in a lot of, um, you know, you see it now in a lot of anime that's made today. Where they've used CG to cut down on things, and they do look—they still look like they're made of jelly. It looks like now talk of looking like PS2 things. A lot of them look like PS2 cutscenes. They're like somehow like extra smooth, but also animatronicy at the same time. Yeah, I always hate that. Like I never watch any of the ones that are super CGI like all the time because I get really turned off. Or like sometimes yeah. it's even more jarring to me when it's like animated and then like the big scary monster boss that shows up is like CGI and gross looking. I'm like, well, that sucks. Yeah, and. It, it was way more put off by that stuff because I'm like, how come the Animatrix nothing looks like that? <laughs> Not even Final Fly of the Osiris looks like that, but none of it. And there's a lot of CG in it, but it doesn't look terrible. Like the closest are maybe some of the robots in um, Last Renaissance. Mm. But it taught me that Studio 4 Degrees C uh, really knows how to use CG. Is that the the second Renaissance? Yeah, they do the second renaissance. They do about half the things in here. The other half are pretty much done by Madhouse. And then there's the one that's done by... Well, then there's the Final Fly of the Osiris, which is done by Square Enix. Mm. And... But there's the... Oh, the one that's done by the Aeon Flux guy. Uh, Matriculated. And, and Yeah, Matriculated. And that one's obviously done by his Aeon Flux people. Yeah. Uh, that one wigged me out, too, when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did... See- I like it a lot more now, that one. I did say like this. Oh, like the animatrix just explores a bunch of different like sci-fi themes and stuff. But I, yeah, even more point to the point that you were saying that it <laughs> it helps you understand a lot about the Matrix world that you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole origin one helped a lot. Where I was like, oh, it's the Renaissance thing. It's okay. Now I feel like I know what happened. Yeah, like the second Renaissance yeah. is just like how the uh, synthetics or like the robots or whatever. What what would you even call them? The Machine City. Yeah, people like all came to power, and why the sky is dark, and the humans did that, and everything. It just is basically like a big lore text, a visual lore yeah. text. I'm like, this is this might be my favorite, just because it gives me a lot of information that I'm looking for, and it's like being yeah. on Wikipedia but visualized <laughs> for the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, and in a really cool way, there's like at least two big sort of like battle music videos there's like the yeah. music video when it's just a bunch of like famous execution scenes yeah i like you know, when from the robots like the go world. like war hammery when like they're like robot horses and stuff running around yeah yeah like, there's like, it's like the robot paul revere's ride kind of thing where he's got yeah. like the horn and and then you know it's it like burns and collapses it, mm-hmm. But it's all with like the music. It like starts by playing with like that horn sound, and then it's the horse riding out, and then the humans are like, "Kill them all! Kill them all!" Then like, like shoot themselves up and be like, "Ah!" Oh yeah, the guy takes a stim pack. There's also that good part <laughs> when there's like there, uh, there's all the different religions. Like they're all praying beforehand. There's yeah. like the 
televangelist guy on the screen being pushed by like a Jesus guy. Yeah. Uh, it's like we will kill the machines. Yeah, it's like especially of all the things that they could show in terms of religion, they show yeah, like a televangelist because it's like oh, that feels very real. Yeah, something that they don't talk about, but it's just displayed visually very quickly that gets a lot of information across, both like thematically and just. I guess plot wise, but it's just like, oh, if people are going to be Christian at this time or whatever, like it'll it's basically all the religions will become more radicalized and more extreme. And the thing yeah. is, like, until their their own creation under like becomes self aware, everyone will think it's perfectly fine to like mistreat and be shitty to the robots. Even Christian people will probably think it's fine. And then when probably they're especially alive, Christian then it becomes people. the problem. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's like especially them will be angry for some reason. Also, this was like something somewhat related but it was it was more with the guy who did evangelion who he was also just like it's like japanese people just love it when you throw in like christian imagery into things because it's very mystical it's kind of <laughs> like the way that he's like oh it's like in the west when they throw in like eastern stuff it just like has this like mystical vibe wow. so like when you throw in like christian things into anime people are just like oh wow it's like deep and really mystical so <laughs> they funny. do that right like i was wondering uh, why there was so much like christian imagery and evangelion i was like oh i guess they're crucifying the big purple guy for some reason yeah people used to always be like oh, it's such a it's such an amazing thing in evangelion and then uh the guy was just like oh yeah i just put it all in because it's like asian people think it's cool <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite things and artists are like oh i just thought it looked cool and there's like no big like giant reason for it but yeah like in um like in the second renaissance there's a whole adam and eve robots they come in you know they've they've got the apple yeah right? the, there's one dressed up like a man one dressed up like a woman even that's kind of like there's no particular reason for that um, and they're just like peaceful and the, mm -hmm. the humans just want to like blow up the machine city yeah that even at the united nations they just like have them forcibly uh removed um yanked all away and uh then it's cool later when they have taken over and the robot ambassador that comes back is like some weird bug thing. It's got like these arms like oh, sticking yeah. out of its head, which I think is really funny. Uh, but it, it it's, you know, it kind of looks like those uh, probes from Star Wars. And it's just like floating with like a bunch of like tentacles. It's got arms in its head. It's got eyes everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. still got the it's still got the apple and like the the laws, you know, so it's still it doing the whole <laughs> yeah, yeah, then it just nukes everybody. It's way more alien from like the beginning because I mean, originally humans made the robots, so mm -hmm. that became androids or synthetics. They made them in their image. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. Then they the robots start making themselves in their own image, and it's like the robots mm -hmm. like we want to be friends. We used to look like humans, and then later on, they're all like alien looking after the humans mm -hmm. have yeah. messed them all up. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna just do our own thing. Some of the other. Um, robot designs in like in the battle i think are neat like there's like those weird jelly pyramids yeah uh there's all those giant spider things with the lasers i don't know how much like uh they did and how much was like uh you know sort of what wachowski based like i i didn't know that jeff darrow did all the like so many of the designs for the matrix overall and did like the storyboarding and everything but they mentioned that that was like, that's, like, the design of the humans and the robots at the beginning was all his design, which makes a lot of sense because it looks like Mobius kind of humans. They all have, like, those weird caps and stuff yeah. in the future. Um, but I was, I was just like, that's cool <laughs> that Jeff Darrow did it. I just had no idea. I really uh, 
like Shaolin Cowboy and all those things too. Did you ever read any of those? No. If you like Bing Cal and you like Mobius stuff, you'll probably like Jeff Darrow's Shaolin Cowboy if you just want to see like a bunch of crazy action that looks like someone took a million years to pencil something every <laughs> single page. All right, cool. <laughs> nice. But he, he apparently also did like half the designs for the Matrix and storyboarded a lot of it. They said, I was watching the commentary. They were like, uh, we made the, like, the part when the first robot kills the guy. It's like, oh, it's really violent. But he's like, that's from the Matrix comics that Jeff Darrow did. Oh, yeah. Apparently he did uh, work for them for Speed Racer and Matrix Resurrections, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This one's just my favorite. Like, I just like a good lore dump in a way that's also, because you could easily make it boring, too. Where it's just like, I've seen so many, like, especially 80s fantasy movies, 80s animated movies, where it's just like, what's the term? Like, dislocated voice or whatever, just like speaking, explaining the entire world. <laughs> I'm just like, this stinks. But, like, they, the whole point of this is just to tell you the whole story of up to this point. Yeah, you're the one looking up the archive files. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm passively the protagonist of this ep- episode. Yeah. Yeah. And adding in little fun things like uh, when the robot uh, society starts like outcompeting the human societies economically, and it's like they've they've made like the flying cars, and they have the ad for the Versatran, Versatran, showing that the uh, robots are so efficient, right? That they're they're just outcompeting the rest of humanity economically, so that all of them are their values dropping, which is one of the reasons you know why they decide to go to war with the robots even though the robots are like yeah no we'll team up and everything like that but uh, you guys just keep killing everybody and despite the million machine march they they uh, run over the robot tank man and they show like every little bit and uh but i always get i still really wince when they're um beating up the woman who's actually a robot you know they they just you know, she looks like a person, but then they just start, sm- they smack her on the head with a hammer and her face falls off and she's a robot. Yeah. And she's like, like I'm, oh, real. I'm real. Yeah. And they shoot her. Yeah, that's really upsetting. Uh, so that's like the kind of yeah. thing where as we uh, had just covered the Batman recently, it's like you can get away with a lot with PG-13 as long as there's not certain things like, I guess, extreme blood, uh, saying saying the F word more than once. <laughs> and or just any nudity at all like just the rating system is still just so strange where it's just like no one's actually watching it for the content it's just like i'm not saying like you should it's make sure. this r but it's just it's just weird like weird the things that they do make r because it's just like uh, yeah this could mess well, up a kid they, way more than they have a guy's head getting squished together and then ripped in half yeah <laughs> yeah like they all do. up close and his eyeballs all bulged out his brain and tongue all fall out uh they also do show a bunch of naked people being like stabbed all over, yeah. uh, being you know when they're all uh, attached to the big big machine when they're like and they have them cut in half and they're like touching the guy's brain, uh, you know they're making him laugh and he's like, <laughs> and then they touch his cry. brain and the part is like, oh. <laughs> is this PG thirteen now? I don't even know. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. I was like double checking on that too because I was like, like, oh, it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Right. Oh, it's uh, it's an anime, you know. It's a uh, it's it's for kids, you know. <laughs> Violence, and yeah, which is pretty much why I I got access to it. <laughs> Violence and gore under the IMDb rating. A man is ripped apart by machines. We only see it for a second, but his arms and legs are removed in blood spurts. <laughs> yeah, they also blast into the tank, and the other guy's like all disintegrate, and 
uh, it also shows like a up close of like the guy's decayed face, and it, it changes like animation style for like a minute. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And all the people in the hospital too, and they're all like all disfigured, and it's pretty disturbing and and everything. The, oh yeah, they also have the the flag at, at Iwo Jima thing, but it's falling and on fire. Oh That's yeah. Right. All the thing that was neat. All the imagery is really cool. <laughs> I was just about to say a lot of good imagery. I don't know. Yeah. This is this is definitely my favorite. Uh, episode to switch a little bit from that uh what'd you guys think about uh world record the one with the with the guy racing you know that's my second favorite one i like that one a lot um i like i like the content a lot but i'm not a big fan of the animation style (laughs) like i'm i don't know Uh nearly enough about animation or anime to like describe what the different styles are if there's a different schools of it or just different artists interpretations and stuff but uh like the giant hands yeah this one's just really like i would the best way i could (laughs) describe this is everyone's just all stretched out and looks kind of weird and just like extreme like because it's about a uh, world record uh runner like a hundred meter dash or whatever like olympic (laughs) runner basically so it's like when they're running everything's like kind of in slow motion there's sweat everywhere and their face is like like really like it's like low gravity yeah it's like really Yeah. yeah basically um so i was like i don't like looking at this but i like the subject matter I felt the same way when I saw it the first time, but by the time I watched it like the hundredth time and uh, like now, I'm like, I really like it. Uh, That director on that worked. uh, Actually, he's not. Yeah, yeah. He is the director for that. He just didn't write it. The same guy who did the program wrote this one, but this was kind of his protege. His other things also look a lot like this. And he did that one red line that I was telling you about. Oh, with the. You're telling me about the. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, anime red line <laughs> where Beavis and Butthead make an appearance, apparently. Yeah. As as Lynchman and Johnny Boya. <laughs> have to cover that on the Patreon when it, we get back to covering more Beavis and Butthead content. Oh my god. But yeah, he really does like his like mushy characters that are all stretched out, really thick outlines, a lot of a lot of like black outlines. Um but uh he also did. A, he has also done some loop on the third movies. Though I'd say the third is some of my least favorite loop on the third movies, but uh, they definitely have his style. But yeah, I used to think like the mushiness was really gross, especially when like his muscle pops yeah. and like all the black stuff comes flying out. Mm-hmm. It used to just like be like I don't want to see that again. Yeah, but but now I'm like oh I love how just like deformed he gets yeah i like how i felt felt very stylized and like cool to me to watch yeah i mean like it works i think it works like great for what they're the story they're trying to tell and like it because you can just feel every like little struggle of him trying to beat like the old record basically Mm -hmm. it's like every muscle spasm you're like feeling especially with his friend who uses his hands way too much in conversation (laughs) (laughs) the the guy said uh the director think he was they were calling him uh like loud brad pitt <laughs> loud brad pitt <laughs> but yeah i mean the whole point is that he basically like taps into an understanding of the matrix where he can beat his own time but it also like destroys him right is that kind yeah. of the, the idea yeah. well right and he's he's so exceptional that he breaks out of the matrix because he runs too fast it's like faster than humanly possible yeah. i guess yeah the the program's not ready for that, so he wakes up. But of course, he he's put back into the matrix because they recognize that. But I do like it when they go. It's like we've got to stop him, and like all the other runners turn yeah. into the agents, and they're also trying to run at their and super speed. But they're it. like, 
<laughs> they still not fast. And that reach, and he's like, no. Yeah. And then he flops all over at the end when he yeah. takes the time. Wasted. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really rag dolls out. I wasn't <laughs> wasted. <laughs> I just got that one. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was gonna make it or not. Too, it's like when he does, it's like, oh, this is I don't know, this is like a great sports movie. <laughs> and then um, the last scene, yeah. I that that's my favorite part is when he's like basically in the wheelchair at like the home or whatever, like the medical facility, and the the nurse is talking about <laughs> her aunt's cherry pie, pie or whatever that I missed, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but uh that, that agent is incredibly stylized too mm-hmm. but then he's just like agent rick astley <laughs> yeah yeah basically but he's like free and then she's like what did you say and then the agent's like free. sit down don't get yeah. up so and like all like the things the sproinks and like screws break as he stands up again it was like oh but yeah that's my favorite yeah. kind of thing where he doesn't escape he doesn't like break out and everything but you see the power you know and then mm-hmm. and then but he's so you can see that he can break out but he's still ultimately trapped and like i don't know just for some reason that always works really well for me in, in stories it's more realistic like, yeah. i he guess has, he has the knowledge but lacks like the you know right really asks you what what is freedom Right. And uh, brings up always the, the same sort of cipher thing. I mean, like, is is he knowing he's in the Matrix but choosing to do that? Could he get out? Uh, you know, what what's going to happen from then? Um, yeah. Although we don't I really have to ask, does he join Scion? Because it seems he doesn't. <laughs> he's stuck in the. I feel like it's that it's that struggle. He's like in a limbo of like knowing but not really understanding if it's a dream or real kind of vibe. Yeah, but so that there's like. You know, all these other explanations for, yeah, all those funny stuff that they do in the Matrix, all the deja vu uh, kinds of things, but also just like, oh, yeah, those times where you've had people have had these dreams where they've woken up from these things, you know, oh, well, that's because you did, but Uh, you kind of didn't. Do you have a dream that you've been on exam lately? (laughs) Yeah, there's all these like variations on powers in control of the Matrix that is very similar to Star Wars, I think, minus there being like, a midichlorian explanation <laughs> like <laughs> i just mean like like how come like we didn't really talk about this in the mainline episodes or whatever but it's just like oh like neo's the strongest because he's like the one or whatever but then like morpheus and trinity are kind of like the second strongest people but then like how do people get better at controlling the matrix like how do they learn how to do that is it all programming or the co- coding and stuff that they get from the little like in- installation guides that they get like here's it seems like mental transcendence to me like they're like transcending reality to a certain point and that's how you get stronger like the more like detached you are or like but it's i guess the more understanding you have of like what is and isn't real the stronger you are or something like that well yeah it's like the the truly exceptional people (laughs) yeah even in even like quote-unquote reality you can still like because he even is able to subdue machines in the real world so it's all yeah. reality. It's all subjective. It's uh, malleable. I mean, that sort of stuff leads, I mean, directly into the other one that I wanted to ask about is like, what do you guys think about kids' story? Oh, that's the one where the kids like float inside the house and stuff. No, that's no, no. That one, uh, that one's called Beyond. Oh, um, sorry. Kids' story is the one that's like all sketchy and features oh. the kid, that the ammo kid. Oh, I you guys mentioned that the, the ammo, ammo guy. Right, right, right. Oh, right, because it. it 
it makes the other movies weirder with the fact that the ammo kid is supposed to be that guy because and, the actor's uh, like 30 a 28 year old man well, yeah and on top of that though like the whole thing with kids story i mean like you mentioned and it says that they say the exact same line in second matrix where he's like you saved me neo and he says no kid you saved yourself um and at the end of kid story right they mentioned like i didn't know self-substantiation was possible right he's able to escape the matrix um purely by his his self wow um himself uh which you know adds this whole extra layer of like how come he can do that like neo couldn't do that right he's no one else could do know. that he's yeah right he's got some sort of like specialness about him but then throughout the which you know explains why they tried to like keep him as such as like a character that's constantly in the rest of the movies but his idolization of neo. you're like who is this he truly his does idolization <laughs> of neo holds him back ultimately and he really does nothing in the movies like he just puts some ammo in the machine right. it's like yeah. well yeah in the second one he, he does almost nothing and then in the last one yeah all he does is do like a couple things at the end and it, you're just left through i feel both those movies going like who even is that and then you, you watch the Animatrix, and you're like, oh, now I know who that is. <laughs> Why, though? I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even show up in, like, Resurrections or something, like, later on. Because there's some, like, new characters that have different abilities. And and uh, also, like, yeah, the way the Matrix works, like, the abilities in the Matrix, like, basically Neo and Trinity's uh, abilities are, like, flipped. So she is has, like, the one abilities in that movie. Mm. Um mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's just like, it's one of those things, obviously, like, just, I can't think too much about, where it's just like, okay, so like, once you know about how the Matrix is fake, can't you just have a bunch of ability to like, beat everything up? Or do you need to like, be able to hack, like, have good hacker skills? Like, this is something I still don't understand after watching four Matrix movies, five, I guess. But I think it's a little bit of practice. you got to be able to load in your loading program to get all the guns. Yeah, and yeah, all and and coats. all like the yeah, and all the kung fu routine stuff you have to download that into. So you're not yeah. instantly good at just fighting because you're aware of the existence of the matrix. You have to get a little bit of the skill code, but then like when you're flying around and being Neo and jumping off walls and stopping bullets, then you've gone a little past the programs. But kid, you're not good enough to use the 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 machine the machine shooty thing you can't just download that you gotta like learn squeeze the trigger yeah but not too tight just like uh, the simulations here's the simulation for loading an ammo you kick it <laughs> yeah you kick yeah. it really hard when it doesn't work yeah this is the most boring one i've ever done <laughs> i was gonna talk more about jedi but we will save that for when we cover phantom menace Star or whatever Wars. yeah <laughs> um but uh with the appearance talking of like how mushy last one was the kid's story right that's like maximum mushy what what do you think of the look of that um yeah i kind of my eyes kind of glossed over on this one like i was watching it and like paying attention <laughs> but i'm just like eh, i don't really like the story that much it's kind of just like feels like it's filling in like a subplot thing um it's interesting which, that he's which... able to come out of the matrix like with by his own abilities like that's really an interesting concept but i didn't really like how it looked or like Oh, see, I feel like totally um, the opposite. I mean, like, I, I don't care so much about the story in this one, but the look of it, it it's probably the one that I think uh, is my favorite look. Um, it's really mushy. It doesn't look like, quote, anime. 
in quote. You know, it's not like this sort of like everyone's got the big eyes. It, you know, it looks really sketchy and, and different from a lot of other things when it shows like Agent Smith. They almost look like weird little. He, he's got his mouth all open like, oh, he's got a little octopus, a little mouth. Um, <laughs> everyone's just sort of blobbing over when he's riding on the skateboard. It like it's all at these weird angles. He stretches out like across the whole screen. Yeah, I, I just really, really, really like the look of it. And, and the traced backgrounds, right? The backgrounds are just like traced photographs, I think. I, uh, yeah. They, they look really realistic. I guess he's just like, yeah, when he's running through the halls, he's just like, whoa! Like being yeah. all ang- <laughs> like, not angular, he's being yeah. like a big a squid, basically. A squid. Yeah. Um, he just turns like super mushy. I think, yeah, that's some personal issue I have with <laughs> mushy, stretchy people. Um, <laughs> not in real life, wow, whoever they may be. You hate the mush and the stretch? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about it now. It's just like, yeah, I've never really liked Mr. Fantastic. He kind of weirds me out. Like, I don't... There's some, like, weird body horror element for me where I'm just like, I don't like it when people... Well, it is horrifying. He's basically stretching his skeleton. It's well, disgusting. Well, yeah. Well, and that's that's what I think is, like, if, if it, like, was live action, he'd look like the total nasty, disgusting monster. Yeah. But because it's just, like, a drawing, it just sort of looks like, you're right, it's just, like, movement of, of flailing around or, like... Uh, getting across like the speed in which he's like r- going over things in the uh, like in his on his skateboard. And it kind of reminds me of a uh, camera. Did you ever read Silver, Silver Surfer Black by uh, Donny Cates and Trad Moore? Oh, the artwork's kind of like that. Surfer. It's very uh, it's very like blobby seventies. Or they all he kind of leans into this is like blobby ink style, but like seventies uh, cool. kind of like high color. It's really cool. But yeah, actually, if anything, kid kid story really reminds me a lot of this sort of like western comic book feel like some mm-hmm. of the things that i've seen in like sandman or something look yeah like, look like that if it were actually put into an animation not like some sort of weird creepy animated comic <laughs> <laughs> they're doing that live action sandman i guess i have no idea when that comes out though oh yeah i listened to the audiobook of the sandman that oh is that was good actually, was yeah it was good except that uh, i always thought morpheus should have like a sort of mystical voice instead of just sounding like a british man uh, oh yeah <laughs> which that's the only thing i thought was a, a little weird just because like, you know I'm even his and i'm voice... chuffed <laughs> yeah because even his voice bubble you know it's like in black with the white writing it's all yeah, different he... from everyone else's i just imagine it being kind of mystical i know it changes depending on who's listening i know yeah, that that's the but, feel. you know he, he should be a little more uh i guess powerful or different sounding <laughs> yeah he, he just sounds a little too normal anyway this being like a bunch of different vignettes from like the matrix world and stuff like them being all like six minutes ish about yeah. like it really gives them ability to do more out there animation and i was just thinking like as you're talking about other stuff right now it's just like oh yeah i think like the farthest i'll go with like watching a feature film is like into the spider-verse <laughs> i don't know i think i just need to watch more anime and stuff because it's like that movie into the spider-verse is like stylized for a blockbuster film but it's not like super wild or anything at the same time like it's really innovative i think and like really incredible looking and like i love how yeah. it looks but supposedly they're going a little more crazy with the different animation styles for uh, Spider-Verse 2. Cool. Yeah, that should be fun. So maybe we'll get more stretchy, globby people. <laughs> yeah, I like, a, I like Giant Kingpin. Taking oh, yeah, Giant Kingpin is really good. That's fantastic. So I appreciate that they're like... These are all feel like kind of like sampler plates or whatever for the studios. It's like the same thing with uh, the Star Wars visions, but mm-hmm. I think this is more stylized than that. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't caught the Star Wars visions one yet, but I, I have heard that, you know, <laughs> some people, the, the animation things I follow being like, oh, it's sort of a, an animatrix thing for 
for Star Wars. There's also like that Bat- Batman uh, Goth. What's it called? Gotham Knight, which is also like an animatrix, but for Batman. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. Um, and th- now recently they did that The Boys Diabolical, which they were also touting as being the the animatrix of The Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought I wasn't gonna like, but I did. I really. Oh, liked that's cool it too. <laughs> I need they to watch that show more. I, I haven't even watched like finished watch season two or three. I think I just I just haven't gone back to it. I I can't stand the comics, but I, I actually really like the show. That's what I hear. Everyone's like the the like the comic is pretty shit. The show actually does a lot of better things than the comic. The comic is just it's just it's just too much for me. It it, it looks like a lot. Let's let's talk about Beyond because Tal, you said you really liked Beyond. Yeah, yeah, it's. Do you even know how to describe like the different style? I mean, you have been, but it's just like there's something about this style that just feels like comfortable, or it just seems kind of like, oh, this is what I think of of like a ni- late '90s, early 2000s anime. <laughs> it's like Digimon movie animation. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> What's l- nice about Beyond is it's like a good anime movie that actually has a real camera. It, you know, it's like it has a camera, yeah. which is something that a lot of, especially earlier anime movies kind of lack um because of course they were using just a camera over you know drawings so it had to be done like that yeah with cg of course now they could put it like within a world and and studio four degrees uh, almost always tries to use a camera that moves around um you still don't see it a lot in in many anime instead they, they tend to move the background or, or again they only sort of pan to a larger background or they might pan across um but this is one where you know it might actually turn and it, it feels like it's in the same place, right? They do a lot where they're like in the hallway, turns and looks in the other side of the hallway, right? Or it turns down a hallway. They do that a lot because they, of course, they were able to just, you know, map the drawings over on the side and then move it down, you know, simulated with a simulated camera instead of, uh, you know, having to just rely on someone having to redraw the entire thing every single time, which made that <laughs> a big pain. So I think Beyond does that really well in in <laughs> in being looking like a good anime, but also having... A, a real camera that makes it not look so static. Yeah, I noticed like when they're in the house and stuff, there's like a little dolly pushing in and like zoom. I think a zoom mm-hmm. in at some point and stuff. So that's something I didn't really process on how they were doing it until you just explained it. So this is basically like my most ignorant episode so far because <laughs> I just <laughs> don't know much about animation in anime. But I did really like this. Oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pushes up with the glasses. Tring! <laughs> <laughs> but uh i it's a I, I think the kid is a great example like even though i wasn't big on it i think like all the ones we've talked about so far have been like great visually for the story that they're trying to tell and i think the same thing for this too like like this is one of the ones that i got like the story the most out of the uh the shorts where it's just basically like oh what if like the matrix acting up like people thought that was a haunted house or something and i just like that a lot because it yeah. makes me think about real life and like haunted house stories and stuff it's like oh what if it was just like a messed up simulation of our own reality like yeah. <laughs> it's the glitch in the matrix yeah. yeah like it's very simple but it it did get a lot of entertainment out of it i always yeah, like those stories on reddit when they actually talk about glitch in the matrix stories they yeah sounds so weird <laughs> right for sure and but and this one just it does a lot of things that you know, as a mixture of like those, yeah, like sort of real haunted house things, hearing noises down the hallway, like seeing things appear and disappear. But also it, it, in a very video game glitchy way, it's kind of like playing a Bethesda game. Uh, <laughs> you know, like things are like clipped into other stuff. Um, there's there's the, the shadows um, 
like there's the part when the girl's like sweeping the floor and then the shadows are on the other other side yeah <laughs> the thing but and if you look of course the the ground is the same texture pasted over twice <laughs> so it's like uh you know it really does look like the kind of thing they'd see in like a glitchy game where mm-hmm. they've like mistextured something where it like loops improperly or the characters are like under the ground so that their shadow appears <laughs> but like you, you know they can't it definitely feels out. like a Bethesda game. The character would talk into the ground and be like, hello, how are you doing? Suddenly they'd be like, I have a message for you. He's upside down. <laughs> I would love a movie. The character shows up and explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I would love a live action movie to be more like that. Because like anytime they make a, like there really aren't very good examples in live action cinema that like does video game movies well at all. Like whether it's, you know, a direct adaptation or something. Or, yeah. like, I'm just thinking of Serenity right now, <laughs> like, the weird video game movie <laughs> with Matthew McConaughey that, like, he slowly finds out that he's in his kids, his spoilers for for, for Serenity. Serenity. <laughs> he slowly finds out that he's dead, but he's, an like, a construct in his son's video game that his son made because he misses his and dad. he wants him to kill his stepdad. <laughs> he wants him to kill his stepdad and his... Son is playing his dad in the video game, and his dad is like having sex with his, the kid's mom. Mom. So it's just all. <laughs> it's just like it's the closest to like a weird. Like it feels very strange the world that he's in in the beginning, and then it makes actual sense that he's in a video game because it just. It's like I wish there was more buggy stuff in those kinds of movies like that. Yeah, especially because that whole world's like made by a kid or being tampered with by a kid. Yeah. So like programming errors are probably like abound or something. Yeah, he's probably just using like Unity or something and he's like oh, 15 yeah. or something. Like he's not gonna... <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know how shadows or textures work. He's not that smart. Just using Gary's mod to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just because you wish that the Warcraft movie was just a bunch of people saying like LFG to go fight... Go fight a, a raid. LFG <laughs> yeah. for this raid. LFG for this raid. LFG to fight Goldan. LFG to fight Goldan. Yeah, that movie's just like very serious. <laughs> I only know Leroy Jenkins for Warcraft to refer a joke. I'm sorry. Um, we'll we'll cover Warcraft one day on here, and Cameron will join us again. They made a sequel against his will. No. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do it anyway. We though. did Osmosis it's Jones, Connery. Please. That's that's a very good point. We did Osmosis Jones. Anything goes now. <laughs> Anything goes. goes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Apparently, because Elden Ring sold so well, Bandai wants to move into new properties with it, so we could have another franchise on our hands with that. They do a movie or a short. Who knows? Yeah, you got the Elden Ring, the Netflix TV series. Yeah, the Elden Ring <laughs> Netflix TV series. Jesus, the live action Netflix TV series. It's just one. I'd really hate that. It's just one where somebody, the main character, dies in the very beginning. <laughs> The game's just way too hard. <laughs> they just hard. can't get past like the tutorial world. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Because of these uh, two things that were directed by uh, Watanabe. Because Watanabe did Kid Story and Detective Story. And of course he did Cowboy Bebop. But mm-hmm. now I have to actually distinguish that from the Netflix series that everyone hates. <laughs> yeah, everyone uh, hated it. I haven't seen it. but I yeah, didn't, I didn't see it of, either. A lot of negative press for that thing. Uh, I did watch the opening scene, you know, because they were showing that yeah. early, and I, I was just cracking up because it has that look of just like when fans like remake the opening, but with, <laughs> like 
you know, they've, like, cosplayed, and it's just like, I, why does this look so stupid? I remember people were kind of louding that as being like, oh, this is so cool, it's legit. I'm like, this looks like shit. Like, what are you talking about? Right. It's, it's just a huge bummer, too, because it's like, oh, I would love a live-action uh, Cowboy Bebop show. And then also John Cho, who plays Spike, yeah. like, got severely injured on the shoot or something. Like, Oof. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that stinks. So just like, well, this extra sucks. Like, he went through all this. It's just like... I don't know. Being on the end of like how much it takes to make one season of a TV show, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god! Like, so it's not just for the actors, not the director, or whatever. It's just like all the crew members it's too. And it's just like, well, this thing we just spent six months of our lives on isn't like super great. Like, <laughs> cool, we all made this thing that's like I don't know C plus. Like, it's just kind of a bummer. <laughs> C plus. Uh, well, you know, content. That's what we all just need these days. Right. Just content. We should just go into all the. Uh, the episodes sure well we didn't really talk about detective story just that it's it's just that i liked it yeah <laughs> trinity's in it and uh-huh. it's a detective story obviously but it's pretty it straightforward cool. yeah it looks super cool it is pretty straightforward noir filtered <laughs> yeah but with yeah. matrix green he can't leave the matrix because he kind of turns into a smith for a second yeah sad it's very sad he's like greatest case of my life does all that cool noir stuff start start at the end uh pointing a gun you're like what's what's how did this all happen but then that poor cat that poor cat that threw him his hat is now going to be left there and that's a really special cat too that's the cat who cares (laughs) skimble shanks there's a part when he's looking through like when he's trying to find trinity and he's looking through all the things there's like the big list and i noticed that one of them one of the entries just said it's george it's like, George. What, what could it's George? Everything else is like pick sticks, um, John's cues, uh, Elvis's cues. Like they're all a bunch of like pool cues, doors, and then things with sticks, and then there's just it's George. It's a uh, I don't know why I was reference. looking at that. <laughs> that only speaks to just how many times I've seen seen this. Yeah. That I'm like, <laughs> what's on the screen that he looks at for like half a second? Yeah, it's it's George. <laughs> it's George. I think like almost all of these have great endings because this one has a great ending too, where mm-hmm. he basically he's basically like becomes conscious of the Matrix and like the agents and stuff, right? Because of Trinity, like yeah. he wakes up and then Trinity like he basically helps Trinity escape, or she just escapes. Um, yeah, he kind of helps. Her. Yeah, yeah. And then he finds out that the agents are there, and he just kind of pulls the gun on them, like, knowing... He's like, there's, there's no way I'm going to, like, live through this. But I'm just like, that's very yeah. detective, very noir. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet again, another one with, like, this these themes of, like, freedom, even if it's, like, personal freedom, like, uh, you know, the freedom to not to not become an agent, right? Even if she has to kill him and he can't escape the Matrix, he's like, I, mm-hmm. wish, I wish I could go with you, but, you know... And there's a difference between, oh, I don't remember that line. It's like, there's a difference between like being controlled and, you know, doing these things. Yeah, it was, um, like, it was like truth and knowing or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There's a constant theme within the Matrix is having certain knowledge gives you certain freedoms or perhaps the lack of that knowledge perhaps gives you certain freedoms as well, like in Cypher's case. Happiness. You know, <laughs> right? It's just like, what what is freedom? Is freedom the choice to be happy? Is it the choice to be unhappy? Not to put it in Bioshock yeah. Infinite terms, the bird of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think it does a good job of exploring uh, these themes just even more more widely than, um, like, the, the later Matrix movies do. Uh, the first Matrix explores it a lot. 
the the other ones are well the second one's really cool but doesn't do as much heavy philosophizing yeah it deals more uh, with the third like one... werewolves <laughs> <laughs> werewolves and wraiths and raves yeah. and yeah rave orgies <laughs> and then the third one just like thinks it's doing some philosophizing while managing to not do any at all which is usually the the way things like that go it kind of becomes like a really dumb war movie where a guy just goes (laughs) there it is (laughs) gets his face all cut up (laughs) slice and dice listening to your podcast on that made me want to see that part again so i did (laughs) knuckle up gets his face all cut up kicks in the kicks in the ammo oh i gotta do some philosopher based stuff they named that kid carl popper uh for some reason I don't really know why, but Karl Popper's a famous philosopher, so I'm going to be like, that's a reference right there. Uh, Karl Popper was a famous philosopher, but not for like any of the things that they talk about in The Matrix. He was just, he was like a philosopher of science that all had to do with uh, falsification. Uh, that's like his big, big claim. So learn about falsification. That's a way in which they determine science from pseudoscience, that scientific theories must be in principle falsifiable. That's what he's hmm. famous for, but I don't know why they named it that. They were just probably like, "What's a, what's a, what's a philosopher name that sounds like uh, not weird like Descartes? We can't call him <laughs> Rene Descartes. That's that's dumb. He's not going to be called Rene Descartes. Just pull out of a hat. <laughs> yeah, uh, last hundred years, I can't call him like Hegel. That's weird. Carl pa- Popper. There Popper, it is. Popper, the fifth Carl. Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for Shredder. <laughs> So, well, they did at least make sure to throw in some philosophy stuff that isn't just Descartes. Uh, my philosophy professors, about half of them used to love talking about the Matrix, and the other half used to just be like, I hate when the people bring up the Matrix. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Matrix, that's a terrible movie. It doesn't tell you anything about the, the mind-body problem or whatever. It's just like, eh, okay. Could you tell which were cool by, like, which answer they give <laughs> if they hate or love the Matrix? Sometimes, or sometimes it just was whether they were really old. They were really old. They mostly hated it anyway. <laughs> One thing that's they're like it is it is no the brothers Karamazov. It's it's not the brothers Karamazov. That's the best philosophy book ever. Uh, like okay, so, okay. And what does that have to do with anything? One thing that's true about a hundred percent of your philosophy teachers, though, is that they all said you have to admit that God is dead, or else you won't get an A in this class. Oh yeah. Right. Oh my that's, God. That's that's. Well, that's why I always got B pluses. It's because I was like, God is dead. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> they're like. Ish. That's a that's a B plus answer. B plus answer. You did say God is dead. That's technically right in philosophy. We're all about being technically right, but. I, in my opinion, you're wrong, so that's also part of it. So, God is dead, bit. but what if? <laughs> but what if he's not? <laughs> Are you going to ever cover that franchise? <laughs> the God's Not Dead franchise? The God's Dead. Yeah, the God's Not Dead franchise. <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> yeah, I think. I guess we have to now. <laughs> we have to. So, Put it on the list, Tyler. So Put it on the Google Doc. Lose more listeners in multiple ways. <laughs> no, Hercules won't, won't join your... Won't be on yeah, your Kevin Zorbo. <laughs> Won't be on our podcast. <laughs> what a bummer! I am heartbroken. We've already said that. Uh, <laughs> there's probably no way J.K. Rowling will be on here, and then but we also I said we don't want we her. don't want her, and then I also said Bill O'Reilly. Oh dang, well, Bill O'Reilly! He's like, why about either of these people? These are like some shit yeah, people. I, I don't want Joe Rogan either. Let's add him to the list. Kevin Sorbo. 
I want Suzanne Collins. I want uh, who was the woman who wrote Twilight? Suzanne Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, thank you. I just didn't yeah. have it. No, I'm cu- I'm cutting this part out so whoever listens oh, okay. to, to this doesn't get mad at me. Since I'm Why? such a twihard, apparently, but I can't remember her name. Ugh, loser. <laughs> I do know that she gets caught. Do you think if we reached out? Do you think we reached out to Suzanne Collins or Stephanie Meyer, they'd say yes to be on this show? Probably not. Should we should still yeah, do it? They're anyway. not really doing much these days. I think they might say yes. We have to have a uh, Suzanne Collins on for the host. Yes, yes. The not Bong Joon Ho one, the other one. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. (laughs) You never know. Maybe they'll just be like, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." Yeah, exactly. They might think it's really fun. (laughs) Sounds good. I could. I want to reach your audience of five people. Wow! (laughs) Five Camerons. It's thirty-three Cameron. (laughs) It's like forty-nine now. Yeah, it's like forty-nine. We're growing. We're growing like the slowest virus in all world history. I, I like it. And by the time we reach hundreds and then thousands, and then it becomes really scary because then we have influence and power. Yeah. And then what will you do with all that power? All those... We need to at least get more influence than the Riddler, who is like an outsider <laughs> t- terrorist. <laughs> you got to start your Twitch, your Twitch channel. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I, that's what we keep saying. We got to do our... And this is more just coming us talking about our own podcast now, but... It's... What about Matriculated? We haven't talked about that one yet. Because that one's yeah, weird that one, as hell. <laughs> it is weird. But, again, also sort of philosophically interesting. Mm. And, uh, you know, we got some some sort of interesting humans. Also, it's got a, that little Tarsier. And, uh, you know, it's like... Does that oh. does that mean like the robots have been putting tarsiers and stuff into the matrix? Over yeah, time? I like the you know, idea of them putting monkeys into the matrix and little animals. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's still got like the thing in the neck. I mean, I assume Baby. the robots mostly install that. Do <laughs> they also have like dogs and cats and stuff like that? Are they putting it? Oh, in there? I never thought about that. Like dogs in the matrix, I would feel really bad because like when you see a dog having a nightmare, you're like, oh, I really don't like this. It makes me sad. Yeah. So then I like. It's because they're waking up from the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just constantly putting them back in the Matrix. Because Dogs have like true consciousness, awareness. Of their <laughs> it's like the Samurai Matrix. Jack pilot or whatever, where it's like they're just <laughs> dogs have their own civilization. It's like, uh, it, then it makes you think back to Beyond was her, her cat that was running away. Is that cat like jacked into the Matrix? Oh. You know? And that's that's why it's all like eh, freaked out about those things, or is it just another program? And then the program is programmed to get freaked out at bugs in the Matrix. Probably that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Cats don't like bugs in real life. Usually, my dog <laughs> yeah, hates right. bugs in real life. He'll actively hunt mosquitoes. <laughs> that that well, that's that's nice and helpful. That way, you won't get West Nile virus. It's true. Yeah, he'll be like <laughs> be freaking out. Hey, I know I'm talking about you, but. He'll actively look around for things and like, because he insists on the door being open, otherwise he'll just sit and bark at it in the middle of the night. <laughs> and the mosquitoes fly in my house and he goes like, look, there's one. I'm like, I know. How do y'all feel about matriculated? It's an interesting concept. I, I like that they're trying to change the robots through like the robot's own like in- desire, which is pretty fun. It's a very Matrix res- Resurrections kind of vibe. Yeah. I like the part where the robot sticks his head through the Looney Tunes thing. <laughs> yeah, and then all of its skin comes off yeah, and, and all the falls skin into falls a little off. thing. And then they play like, a game of like it. 3D Pong and the robot <laughs> turns into a person. And <laughs> It's like the game that they play in Tron. Yeah, it does yeah. feel very Tron-like. 
It's exactly that. But it's trippy as hell. I don't think I exactly understood it a couple times, but it was cool. Right. It was like uh, instead of putting humans into the Matrix, you're putting like the robot into a human dream. Yeah, of like exactly things that. not making sense to like give it humanity because maybe that's what humanity is. Like we infected the sensible. robot with insanity. <laughs> But uh, I like the, that little conversation they have before because it's just like, why don't you just reprogram them? They're just like slaves anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, well, it's better to show them the right way. And she's like, well, kind of doesn't matter, though, because they're still robots just in the end. And he's just like, well, like, kind of <laughs> just like, don't think too hard about it. Yeah, he does give like, well, kind of. But like, you know, everything's a simulation to them. It doesn't matter. Why not give them the best right. simulation possible? <laughs> right. Pretty much, it's like still, still got to be good. It's like we find, it's like we're getting some like. Uh, I mean, he's like the scientist guy. He's also must be some sort of person with levels of like thinking ethically. Though he mm -hmm. looks really smug, and then unfortunately, he's like all smug when the robots come and attack, and he's like, ah, oh. he sets out his things, and then he just like instantly gets killed. Yeah, it's like why was he so smug, even though he was just about to instantly get killed? <laughs> yeah, I think you like Matrix Resurrections a lot too, Cameron, because like I know you're just, yeah, I know you will watch it at some point, but. There are yeah. like good synthetics in it, like basically like this short pays off, <laughs> where they they mm -hmm. like yeah, it does. some of them want to help people and people want to help them and everything and there's like the whole truce still going on. Okay, oh, so all that stuff's really interesting. I was gonna say, oh, I want to see like a human turn to the the synthetic sides, like to the machine side, but I mean, like I guess Cipher does in a way, but it's really yeah. just to rejoin just the Matrix. But it's just like, and I guess yeah. that that is joining the machines. I don't think they'd make a cyborg person as a thing. Well, right. And then there's like, I mean, back to the second Renaissance, there's sort of like the mix. There's like the people who are protesting with the robots, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, who, who all get shot down too. Um, to suggest, right, there there were people, it's not like all of humanity was just like, I'm bigoted against robots. There were people who were, were cool with robots. Yeah. Um, at least to, to some point. It doesn't really go past that to ex explain like what happened to them in the war or post anything. But, uh, you know, some people were, were out there being like, robots are... I guess people too. <laughs> yeah, robot rights. So it makes yeah. me wonder if there are humans. I guess by the point that the Matrix movies take place, it's like there's not really any history like remembering and like like basically the machines have already won the war. They just keep all the humans there to use as a resource to harvest. That's how far it's mm -hmm. gone. So I guess there isn't yeah. probably it's probably a lot less likely that there's a human who has enough understanding and awareness of all this to join the synthetics or whatever to the machine people to like be like yeah you guys have identities and stuff it's like i guess they are <laughs> i guess everybody knows that at this yeah. point but um but right. also it was 1999 the pinnacle of our civilization <laughs> <laughs> i mean i still think that's kind of true in a lot of ways <laughs> well and then plus and matriculated they are like a human group outside of zion yeah you know they, they don't talk anything about zion or anything so i mean perhaps they're not the only group <laughs> of humans out there it's just sort of not really Splinter covered factions right that they're just like other little groups of people who maybe maintained some degree of hiding from robots but didn't immediately become part of zion or mm -hmm. perhaps even know about zion I, I don't know about that either i i like that a lot it's kind of something i really want to spend more time on in the matrix universe is people outside of like the big city zion like pocket people kind of thing <laughs> mm -hmm. like teams i guess squads of people who are aware of going to the matrix and doing their own thing They've like been free of the Matrix and they know of the Matrix, but they're 
they're just totally like cut off they're out on their own and yeah on their quest to i guess turn robots to being sympathetic to humanity (laughs) something i want even more than another matrix movie at this point is another animatrix (laughs) like that'd be tight especially with star wars visions having come out and it seemed like it was pretty successful i would think that hbo max would want to do something like that um but then that's when i don't know that's kind of like the whole issue with matrix resurrections is that hbo it wasn't that successful warner brothers was like well, we'll basically make a Matrix without you if you don't do this. So then, like, um, Lana Wachowski just, like, it's like, okay, I'll make it and I'll do it my way or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows if an Animatrix 2 would be nearly as, like, good just because they wouldn't be producing it. Like, Lana and Lily may not be. Whatever. This is all possibilities. <laughs> Possible futures. They'd probably, they'd probably produce it. It's another story, like, directing a movie. But th- maybe they'd EP or, like, produce it at least. Like, that's a yeah. little, you know more behind yeah. the scenes right like what studios and directors are they going to get for it and also how much money they're going to funnel in because yeah they decide to use all that cg that nasty anime cg they're talking about earlier yeah mm-hmm. and, and then like, like a waste and then because they might be a little more wary to give it any money at all because matrix revolutions and exactly you know sell out there's just so much more to explore in the uh the matrix universe that like like star wars visions again like none of that's canon it's interesting explorations mm-hmm. in different styles and some like insular stories but like all of these are actually canon in one way or another like they go to add to the main story the world of it whereas like star wars visions is kind of just like these are fun little stories in star wars but are anime as much as i wish there was an actual like jedi band that existed (laughs) in actual star wars canon right Ugh, it's the best one (laughs) Because yeah, um, like at the end of Matriculated, that robot leaves. You know, it's it's the only one who survives that whole massacre. Yeah. Right, and and it is, it's at least in love with the the woman. Right, it's it's become sympathetic to humanity, and it's just like I guess it just goes back to the big uh, giant screen uh, yeah. to to Deus Ex Machina and goes like, oh yeah, humans they're like fine, and he goes, oh reprogrammed. Oh. And he goes, oh dang, dang, <laughs> shit. <laughs> But also the designs of the robots and matriculated, I think, are cool. They're like, oh yeah, they're weird, slimy slug things, and they've got like the weird long hand. Yeah, I like that they like that kind of flip things. around to go into combat mode. Like they have runner mode and they have combat mode. Where they just like basically flip upside down. Yeah, it's a type we haven't seen before, and that's another, I guess, in hindsight, complaint about like revolutions where it's just all a bunch of sentinels attacking the city. It's like it'd be cool, and like in the big drills, it's like it'd be cool if they had different types of. Uh, yeah. machine weapons and stuff like they do in all in all of these shorts or at least like robots with different kind of like jobs yeah. like you know we have the harvesters that are harvesting like, human fetuses in like the big fields and stuff and those look different but like they're probably robots that do other things and other than like the sentinels like they can't be the peak of combat yeah yeah right and i mean i think all the rules for when they were designing them on this was just like don't make them look like humans yeah, but they're like make it make it look all whatever you want, but just don't make them look like humans. And I, you know, I like that too because it's just like why, you know, if the robots are making them, why would they make any of them look like humans? Yeah, which mm-hmm. it's a great rule, which makes like <laughs> the ending even more effective in a way because like I still believe that the the runner, whatever the robot is, like feels bad and it looks nothing like a human. You know, it's just like a sad yeah. bug thing, <laughs> and um. It's just another great ending where it's the same thing with so many of the other ones, like like the um, 
the uh, world record and everything where it's just like, oh, I have this newfound knowledge, but I don't have enough power or ability to do anything with it. But I am aware of what's actually going on, at least. Right. Like I'm freedom. Yeah. Real freedom. Right. Because it's like, uh, yeah. Intellectual freedom. If the runner went to the Deus Ex Machina big baby face thing, um, it would just <laughs> reprogram it. But it, it's just like looking out at the ocean at this point. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it has the freedom of knowledge. But no, what does he do? No with ability it now? to do anything with it, I guess. You know, yeah, huh. yeah. Of of being the the opposite of like an agent Smith and antipathy towards people, <laughs> of of being now like maybe harvesting people is morally problematic. Like, huh? Just just as it was morally problematic for humans to enslave the robots. Yeah. Oh, always being reminded of like weird things, but there's that part <laughs> in in Second Renaissance when they're there because. To go to the point where they're like, they've enslaved robots, you know, they have them building like a big pyramid, basically, which is itself already a little bit funny. Um, but then they even have like robot slave drivers, you know, with their, there's like the ones that are pushing up the rocks up the up the slope. But there's like even like robots with like little whips. It's like, what's <laughs> what's the point of making like a robot slave driver? Yeah, it's like we need <laughs> yeah. the robots to to robot the robots, do the your program to push it harder. up. But they have to say. Yeah, they've got to go follow your program. You go, oh, I was thinking about not following my program. Well, they eventually, right, they eventually don't. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like in uh, Mass Effect with the Geth to uh, uh. make it even more specific. <laughs> Never mind. I won't go into detail with all that. No, I, I love the Geth. Talk about the Geth. They're my favorite. <laughs> they just uh, were made by the Koreans who use them as like a labor force. They, they were just mm-hmm. like smart robots that would do a lot of work for them. And then one day, yeah, and they're like, "What is a soul?" Yeah, one day, eventually, one just turned around. It's like, "What is a soul?" And then, like, all the Koreans freaked out and started killing them all. So it's like the Geth didn't even <laughs> commit like any war against their masters originally or creators rather. Um, yeah, like they asked a simple question and then they all got murdered. <laughs> so that's why the Geth are all like rogue out in the universe and stuff because. And it's why I won't romance Tali. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's a very similar thing where it's just like, oh, the human surrogate like enacted violence first against the things that they enslaved. Um, yeah. So mm. it gives you sympathy to the uh, machines that are now <laughs> doing the same thing to humanity. It's not good either. Yeah. But you know, I guess the last one we have is last flight, of, last flight of the Osiris, which we talked about a little bit in the beginning. But uh, it's the last mm-hmm. one that's on. Uh, the HBO Max Animatrix. Yeah, like we already said, it's very like of the time where it's like, oh, these graphics are incredible. <laughs> but now it's like, it's not horrible, but it just doesn't feel as human as it would like to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks better than it kind of... I hadn't seen it for like maybe a couple of years when I watched it the last time. Uh, surprising, because I used to watch it like almost every year. Uh, but... Like, it, it it looked worse in my head than when I watched it. I was like, oh, actually, you know, it doesn't look as bad as I thought. But, yeah, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't hold up. It's it's no Avatar. <laughs> is Avatar <laughs> an Avatar at this point? <laughs> avatar is an Avatar of James Cameron. Oh. But when Avatar came out, I thought that uh, this was like the Avatar of, of, of that time. I was like, oh, these are people. These are like humans. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love looking back on stuff like that where, where I do have similar thoughts. I've been like, like. I don't know, I'm gonna point to give a heavy rain. I was like, this is the most realistic anything has ever looked. And now it's ever. terrifying. <laughs> and now it's like ugly and like a absolute terror to look a bunch at. Of homunculi. And, 
Yeah, like literally like they look like homunculuses. I was like, yeah, they do. It's pretty bad looking. Man, I can't. But now you can follow it up with that Matrix, like, uh, VR like game Epic thing. Games yeah. Yeah, game where everything looks really good too now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Avatar 2 to like blow all of our minds. Yeah, it's just going to look excited. like Last Five of the Osiris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. that's what's going to happen, right? It's going to blow our minds, and uh, it'll be the best story ever told. It's be worth the we'll, 13, 13 year wait. We'll watch Avatar two, and I'll talk about the Avatar video game they keep on talking about releasing. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, this will be revolutionary as well. I doubt it. <laughs> I see quest markers in my future. It just becomes a uh, Batman Arkham Knight. <laughs> just like the just like the Lord of the Rings game, it's just the same combat da, system. Da, da, da. <laughs> Shadow of War or whatever. Um, just a big combo counter. <laughs> I don't know. I think this one, yeah, this one's definitely the most dated in all the ways, including like the stupid training montage in the beginning where they cut yeah. each other's clothes yeah. off, and it just like it's one thing to do that, but also they just show a bunch of like butt shots on the woman, and it's just like very. Uh, <laughs> unequal in terms of their coverage and uh it's it's very 2003 i will say yeah yeah it it just also lacks so much style compared to the other ones because of this i mean because of the style they were going for of like looking more realistic it makes it it's what makes it look so dated besides just the graphics that's like okay there's nothing that really like stands out whereas those other ones it's like they still stand out compared to a lot of other things uh today that this one really doesn't except for looking old (laughs) But the part I like in, in this is when they send uh, the lady into into the Matrix to deliver the message and she jumps off the thing and does like a bunch of Tony Hawk tricks yeah. on the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's <was> pretty sick. <laughs> it's like whoosh, whoosh, grabs her legs. Whoosh, Melon grab. Like, at, <laughs> <Yeah>. Plant. <laughs> at the end, that score has got to be like really high. Yeah, but she still has to, she has, still has to collect K and e, uh, e. She only has S, A, and T on the map. And she was supposed to collect Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> I like the end of that where like she pushes the old lady out of the way. And she's like, oh, is it important? What are you sending? I think that, that old lady was the worst part for me because it, it was the most like Polar Express adjacent thing. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> yes. all those movies are so scary to look at. She's uh, like, this is the most important game to come out, come out in this decade. Enter the Matrix. Enter the Matrix. <laughs> Enter the Matrix. I want to play that game again, uh, but like, you can't really. PlayStation really needs to like have more PS2 games available for my nostalgic sake. They really do. They yeah. need like the Xbox Game Pass for PlayStation. They keep on louting that they're going to do that, but it's. Sounds like it's gonna be way more expensive than anything yeah, else. Because I definitely think this is gonna have it all buggy. Yeah, there's, right. there's a lot of games that like I've been just playing more PS2 games lately, and I'm like, some of these just are legitimately still good. Like, some of them are buggy as hell and not nearly as good as I remember, but then other ones are still like just as solid. Which ones? We'll save that for a later episode. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Any last thoughts on Last Flight of the Osiris, Connery? Um, it capitalizes on my least favorite parts about the Matrix, so I didn't really like it that much. I think, like, uh, you know, I was thinking about, oh, what order do I like these? And it's really hard to yeah. figure out my order for, like, my top few, but it's easy to think of which one I like the least, because it's definitely Last Flight of the Osiris, or Final mm-hmm. Flight of the Osiris. I thought that, e- even when I thought the graphics were good, I was just like, yeah, but it's more like a real people, and I like cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> this one doesn't feel like a cartoon. Uh, I kind of like it slightly more now than I did then. Um, mm-hmm. 
I had also seen uh, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within in, in movie theaters, and I also didn't like that either. <laughs> so it, it just didn't help that it kind of looked the same. Kevin Michael Richardson uh, voices the captain in that, and he's, I don't know, he's voices a lot of things, including Jolie Bindo in Nice Little Republic. Okay. Yeah, no, he didn't talk anything about the voice actors in, in these. Most of them are, you know, well, well-rounded well voice actors who, who are in, like, a lot of things. Yeah, but. Kevin Michael Richardson also voiced Goro in the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm pretty sure I brought that up before Connery. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure this has come up in discussion. <laughs> uh, the detective story, the detective is voiced by James Arnold Taylor, who would go on to voice uh, Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars TV show. Oh, nice. And he's also oh, Titus really? in Final Fantasy X, which I'm currently playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I do remember reading was that the, I think it's the voice director for Final Fantasy X was the voice director for like all the things on the Animatrix. Oh, so nice. used a lot of the same people from Final Fantasy X. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves have little parts. Um, and Yep. Like one sentence. Um, John, <laughs> get him in the studio for five minutes. Yeah, John DiMaggio, <laughs> Bender himself, is in program. Uh, so is Phil Lamar, who is Samurai Jack, and the guy in um, Pulp Fiction who gets shot in the beginning. Oh, hey. Tasty Burger. Uh, he's, in, he's in so many things. He's also in Futurama. <laughs> he's Hermes. Yeah, he's Hermes. <laughs> and Hermes' son. Yeah. <laughs> he's also in Tech on Concrete doing also the voice that sounds exactly like Hermes' son. Philmar Philomar is in so many things in places you wouldn't notice. Like, he's one of the aliens in Book of Boba Fett, even. <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, but yeah, I guess we should rank these real quick, because, uh, you know, everybody loves that content. How would you rank these, Cameron? Well, I'm going to put the second Renaissance together yeah. at, um, instead of keeping it two different things, but I would probably put that as number one, though i it's fighting for Kid Story, which I like second. Then World Record. Uh, then Beyond. Then Detective Story. Then Program. Then Matriculated. And then uh, Final Flight of the Osiris. Nice. I, I, I wish I didn't have to rank Matriculated so low because I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, That's how I felt about it too. It's like, oh, this is good, but like other ones are just real. Like I like even more. Yeah. And it speaks to the collection. Like maybe something about the Aeon Flux guy's style that. Like, I, it's just not my favorite. Yeah, I like it better for Aeon Flux, but for this, I don't like it as much for some reason. Uh, I guess I would do Second Renaissance, number one. Uh, Beyond, number two. World Record, number three. Uh, Matriculated, number four. Uh, I, I actually, just Tech Story is maybe number four. Matriculated, number five. Hmm. Program, number six, just because, I don't know, it just doesn't have as much of an effect on me i guess too short um it's short and it's just kind of like oh all that was training i'm like okay I, I i don't know i just don't like the training montages as much as all the other interesting but things going on in the matrix universe that really it's got the samurai brain, sword though. clap yeah <laughs> yeah she breaks it, breaks it, it even though that sword has probably been folded ten thousand times <laughs> that's how strong she yeah. is <laughs> and then final fight of the Osiris. Oh, Tom Kenny voices the operator in that, who is SpongeBob. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, so my number one is program. I like that one a lot. Number two is world record. Number three is probably de- detective story. Number four, second renaissance. Number five is beyond. 
Number six is Kids Story. And number seven is, what's it called? Um, Matrip- Matriculated, sorry. And then the last one is Flight of the Osiris. Nice. I think I missed Kids Story when I said mine, but <laughs> I would put that like third to last, but it's just because the animation makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not, It's a personal problem. It's not the <laughs> the shorts problem. It's fine. I'm, I'm literally just was looking on a list because I <laughs> barely remember the names of each of the shorts. Yeah. Your Your list tells me that Connery, you should really see Ninja Scroll and and Red Lion. You'll probably like them both. Oh, if, nice! If Program and a World Record were your two favorite, mm-hmm. um, especially if you like the looks of them, I um, do. Yeah, I, definitely. If, if if Program's your number one, you'll like Ninja Scroll. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that nice. out. I'll look those up then. Report back if you want. If you want to borrow a DVD, I've got a DVD. Ooh. <laughs> I need to borrow your book, uh, Sirens of Titan. Got to borrow all, a bunch of comics. Got to g- grab another giant bucket of comics. <laughs> bucket yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I should do that at my comic books, my local comic book store. I'll take the bucket of comics, please. Just a random bucket of comics. It's like I used to lend them to Tyler and some of my other friends too, and just like a big old brown bag, yeah. just like <laughs> full of books, because it'd just be like, here, read these for like a year. Bring them yeah, back. Yeah, I think in you gave like me a year. You gave me like the first ten volumes of Invincible or something in high school. <laughs> I was Ooh, just like yeah, probably the whole thing. It's like check it out. Like why stop at the second one if you don't like? I mean, if you like the second one, then you'll like the third one. If you like the third one, you like the fourth one. Then yeah, you just here, just take them all. I yeah, always I've, to... I've read them a few times. You go ahead. Yeah, I always give people when I lend out Invincible Volume One, Two, and Three because if they're not hooked yeah. by Three to me, then they are not going to be interested really. Right, and it's like you need to read past Volume One. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Like Volume One's like the start, and then like it gets shit gets real in Three. Yeah, it's good. But stuff. I was uh, surprised with the show because it's like it gets it gets right into it. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot about the Invincible show already. I really liked it. I gotta watch. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I, you know, I never even knew you even watched it, Tyler. Oh, really? I thought I. Yeah, you never told me. Oh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was the last time I was on here that Connery said to to watch it, and I was like, oh yeah, I was meaning to watch it, and then I I watched like the whole series in like the next two days or something, and I messaged Connery on Facebook being like. That was a really good recommendation. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I watched it I watched it in like three days too, I think. Yeah. And I normally don't do that. So that's how it goes to show how much I liked it. They had some scenes in that in the especially the last fight with Omni Man where I was like, he does a lot of shit to Mark in the comic, but when he holds him out in front of the train yeah. and like smashes him against oh, yeah, I'm like yeah. that that's was... really irredeemable shit right yeah, there. That's really terrible bad. stuff, but also really cool. Yeah, it was really cool and, and it, horrifying. And it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Do we have any final notes on the Animatrix before we head out for the day? To echo when I was reading about the boys diabolical, <laughs> they were just saying about how they uh, they had seen the Animatrix when it came out, and then they were like, "Oh, everyone's gonna do like an Animatrix after this," and they were like, "And then nothing happened." <laughs> uh, that's that's exactly how I feel. That's that's my sum up of the Animatrix. Is like, how come? A lot of different groups didn't decide that they were going to do an Animatrix. Where you, f- you actually make a lot of anime and cartoons look really good. Yeah, and they're then, cowards. Um, yeah, well, but now, now when people are like, oh, yeah, you, you can watch anime and cartoons if you're an adult. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. You know, now it's okay. Especially if it's bloody. Uh, like, um, <laughs> you know, like now I feel... It's it's ripe for doing something like that, but they mm-hmm. they really have to think of making sure that they choose the right people. Otherwise, it has a strong tendency to just be just be like 
totally like bleh. I don't know. Did you see that some ro- other robots anthology thing on Netflix? Jacob's recommended it to me before, oh, but I've never love death and robots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a few episodes. I've heard people in person say like, "Oh, I love that show," and I'm like, "I've seen yeah parts of the first like because they're all it's an anthology, so I feel like it's fair to actually yeah. rate it this way." But yeah, there's a lot that are just feel like exploitative and stupid more than thoughtful <laughs> in any way. Uh, yeah, which I right, think sucks. Like, so people were bringing it up to me, being like, "Cameron, you're always talking about the Animatrix, yeah. right? Like this is like the Animatrix." And then I'm like, go, "No, let's check it out." And it's like, "This is not the Animatrix. This is like <laughs> totally missing the point of the Animatrix. Yeah. It's like just being like, ah, this is so cool, wicked." And it's like, "There's some cool looking things." It also does the whole like robot woman thing that I hate about like sci-fi subgenre stuff where it's like or like Blade Runner 2049 or Ex Machina <laughs> where it's just like oh like it's a robot it's fine I can do whatever but it's like still like commenting on uh like gender dynamics which it's seemingly not even aware that it's doing like it's so like you just like not even understand your own point like I guess not I feel like yeah. Ex Machina is at least aware <laughs> uh yeah, yeah probably I guess Ex Machina uh, is like almost too aware yeah. they have like the blue and brown books corporation after mm. Wittgenstein's thing they again it, it's 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 one of those things that as a, as a philosophy guy Ooh. um <laughs> it's like the the passing glances to just be like oh check it out the blue and brown books we we did our research okay you know it, it bothers me a little bit because then they purposely like misunderstand other aspects of it which is normal because it's like it's a movie it's not like a philosophical treatise or something like that <laughs> But it's just like, why bother with giving me all these like little, like, look, we did our research, okay, yeah. so you can really get and it. It's like and it feels a twenty four to throw something like that at you, but then not really do anything with it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, X Machina did that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, whatever, just to, to throw up a shield against myself real quick. I probably X Machina and Blade Runner twenty four nine probably understand what they're doing to a degree with that but it's mm-hmm. also just personally i'm like i don't need to see this and i don't know if anybody oh, yeah. really does because it's just like yeah. it's just very obviously like <laughs> the person who wrote this is a man <laughs> like it's just the most <laughs> obvious thing it's like yeah we get it guy do you think like more people aren't aware of this kind of thing i don't know anyways that's my yeah. little rant i'd hate to say it but yes <laughs> <laughs> right a lack of subtlety just generally yeah. too that's a fun game we should play, I think, before we go. What other franchise would you like to see animatricied? Well, I mean, now that they've done a Star Wars one, I mean, I, I, I mean, I could see. I would like more Star Wars ones. I haven't seen this one, but you know, people kind of are a little iffy. Uh, you might like some of them. Yeah, that's yeah, how I. Felt. I've heard like it's sort of up and down a lot. It is. Um, yeah, there's a few that are great, and some that are kind of whatever. But that's just kind of anthologies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, otherwise, like, Lord of the Rings would be a cool one, even though I've, like, never really been a super Lord of yeah. the Rings person. But just, the, like, the wealth of stuff that's in there. That would be great. Makes mm-hmm. it seem like it would have a lot of really cool stuff that you could show. They're um, actually... Cool battles and things like that, too. You stole mine, Cameron. I was going to say that, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a, a uh, Lord of the Rings anime that's coming out next year, I think. Um, oh, shit. Nice. Movie hmm. about, like the uh the rohirrim like the the older wars of rohan and stuff i'm like wow like we're getting to this point with franchise stuff where they're doing an anime movie on lord of the rings i'm like wait why am i complaining (laughs) i'll probably enjoy complain about that that's cool (laughs) yeah what about you connery Hmm. uh i don't know why but king kong popped into my head (laughs) and 
I'm kind of thinking it's actually Skull, cool. Skull Island. <laughs> not not Skull Island, but like maybe like just King Kong in general, like the world of Skull Island and like New York City and stuff, like maybe monsters invading New York kind of thing. Hey, maybe I'll widen the net. Godzilla, that might be fun. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think it'd be nice to have like more smaller Godzilla shorts and, yeah. and battles and stuff. Kind of like I don't know if you've read any of the Godzilla comics. They're also pretty up and down. Yeah, they get you some of like the really good ones and make like just short animated movies of that. There's mm -hmm. really like it. There's um that Godzilla anime trilogy which I'd love to cover on here at some point, but uh, Ooh. that's very like very serious and long. And oh, that's long. the space one, right? Uh, yes. And then there's also Godzilla mm. Singular Point, which came out last year, which has to do a lot with the interdimensional stuff, and there are. Too many CG <laughs> creatures in it, but um, I liked it a lot. And but our, it's also like six it, hours long, so I, I love some <laughs> Godzilla shorts in anime. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, what is, what is yeah. yours? What's um, yours? oh man. Oh, I was just thinking like it's probably too basic, but and it already is an anime. But like Pokemon, <laughs> you know, they kind of did that. Really? Oh, did they? Yeah. They kind of did like the Master Trainer series, where they followed like different trainers and like different, not different styles. I'd say it, you might, you could probably give it away with Pokemon doing different styles. That's cool. Hmm. What's some other big franchise? Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think that that's a, it's just a good thing that works with like a lot of big, you know, a lot of big franchises that you could just, you know, give an opportunity to do a lot of like smaller things within a big anything that does a lot of world building anyway. Mm -hmm. Um or exists in a bigger world. Um, even talk of Blade Runner. Um, I don't know if you saw the Blade Runner anime thing that went along with 2049. Yeah, I saw when it came out. But Didn't yes. Peter Chung do one of them? The the uh, Ian Flux guy? Or am I wrong? Um, that I don't remember. I just remember that it looked good. Yeah, it was... <laughs> and I was like, this is cool, and it got me hyped for the me movie, too. and then I saw the movie, and I was... Yeah, yeah same, same to all of those <laughs> things. Apparently there's a new... There's a new Blade Runner show on HBO Max as well called Black Lotus that mm. I want to check out, but it doesn't look too promising, but maybe I, I don't <laughs> want to be a downer right away, but it looks like more flight, Last Flight of the Osiris kind of thing. Oh, uh, no stars. I guess that's my cop-out Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all in every style possible. Yeah. In many different ways, in many different styles, from many different directors. But a huge budget. <laughs> and a huge budget. Pikachu looking <laughs> or at least up. A better than like the minimum wage anime budgets yeah. that they have people doing. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather do that forces yeah. them to do the nasty CG. I'd rather do either Donkey Kong Country or Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Ooh. Do those as an anime the, the, series. The Donkey Kong uh, TV show, that one, the Crystal Cocoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I've been thinking about lately? Why don't they have a Donkey Kong versus Crash Bandicoot movie? Maybe because they're two very different franchises from different companies. They're very similar in a lot of ways. Okay, anyways, let's yeah, get out of here. You're kind of right about let's that. Leave. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so abrupt. I, yeah, I think we've said everything that we can within a two-hour span about this movie oh, yeah. more, I guess. Cameron Takeda of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure fame. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Nothing really to plug. I, my usual plug: read, read more comics. Uh, I'm always just just plugging the idea. Go to your local comic book shop and, and buy comics, yeah. um, or, or even order them online. Pre-order them. Uh, don't don't steal them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want people to keep. Do. I really want people to keep making comics, uh, especially if you're going to be make, buying some manga. Buy some manga. 
Uh, support those creators. Support the idea that people should publish more things with good translations instead of those shite scanlations. Um, that that that's my plug. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not just being an anti-pirate or whatever. I just mean like it's it's it'll help us all. I agree. Really. I totally miss my Love opportunity it. to say they should make a anime series on To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> it's just Phoenix Wright. That yeah. Would be, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Objection. His left hand is bandaged. How did that happen? <laughs> this man's drinking a lot of Coca-Cola. I call Boo Radley to the stand. Uh, Connor, what do you have to plug? Uh, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you'll enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You'll probably enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual play role-playing game podcast where me and four other amazing friends play the Starfinder game. You can find us on the SoundCloud thing, or you can find us on the Apple Podcast app. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Tammy Vice. Follow us at FranchisePod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, compliments, <laughs> concerns, um, credits. Insults. 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 <laughs> it's not, it's not start with a C, Cameron. <laughs> uh, crap talking. There you go. Crap talking. There you go. Uh, please give us five stars on the Apple Podcast app it'll help us to grow the show and get more listeners so more people can listen to us talk about cool things and because we're cool Mm -hmm. people and you're cool for listening to us yeah don't request more cartoons though yeah demand things from (laughs) us and we'll probably cover them because we've just been mostly just choosing things of our own volition Um, yeah pretty much we haven't do it with no rhyme or reason Yes, or reason or rhyme. Sometimes it's a big release, or reason or rhyme. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Grayson Hansen for artwork and Nick Viverka for our music. And until next time, your flesh is a relic, a mere vessel. <laughs> Hand over your flesh and a new world awaits you. We demand it. I don't know. I guess that's what one of the robots say. I like that a lot. Reach that's the Zion cool. Archive. Reality really can be a scary thing, can it? That's what the principal says at the funeral of Ammo Kid. Yikes. <laughs> but he's in a better place now. That's for sure. <laughs> Bye. All right, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>